Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's good, Internet? It's Monday, March 2nd, 2020, and you are listening to Waypoint Radio, episode 296. I'm your host, Austin Walker, and I'm joined by Kato. I almost said the illustrious, but that's not our thing. I can't just do that. What's up? What do you mean, huh? Illustrious. Illustrious guests. Um, also joining us, Rob Zachney from a situation you're just going to have to learn about later yeah. in your regular life. Fuck. Hi, Rob. <laughs> How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great. Better than ever, really. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm going to have to sit on this. Now it's a, yeah, and that's in the... Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> no, he's the one sitting on it. Uh. Yeah, uh-huh. Patrick Klepek joining us also from Chicago. Hey. How are you doing? How was yep. your weekend? You doing good? Uh, yeah, I went to a Costco, got put a finger to the air to see what the sense of panic is. You're not supposed to People do that. Are don't do that. Your finger gets infected if you put a finger in the air, I'm pretty sure. No, you then you just don't you just make sure you wash, you wash it before it you before you do yeah. anything touch else. Touch your right. face. Yeah, okay. So what was like was it end time stuff at Costco? Did you Not ours. Like- now ours ours was pretty normal. Um that said you like can't buy hand sanitizer anymore. Just right. sold. Sure. Yeah. Just sold out. Um yeah, my, my my wife and I got sufficiently paranoid that we like bought a couple of things, but I'm you know trying to not be too paranoid. But I, you I'll, I'll admit Friday. it went up like ten. I, <laughs> was it? The, I went up like ten yeah. percent enough to be like, all right, like buy a jug of water and put it in the garage. Like, my wife and I bought a couple things. There is a Man. loaded nine millimeter pistol on Patrick's kitchen <laughs> table out there. No, that's we're at, we're at, we're at, we're, at, we're at concerned thirty five percent. That's at seventy five percent. We got percentages to go before I <laughs> find the right to bear arms. God, uh, it's gonna be fine. You buy razor wire at Costco. <laughs> Absolutely, it's in only in bulk. Yeah, only in bulk. Yeah, only only a ton of it at a time. God, Kirkland brand razor wire, unbelievable. I love it. I love this. Um, how's everybody doing generally? How are we feeling? Are we are we energized this Monday? Kata, you said you'd be it's, Garfield energy. It's Monday. It is Monday. It's a Monday. It's also a Monday before Super Tuesday, which means I think. My nerves are shot. Uh, <laughs> I'm hoping everyone else out there is doing okay. I hope everyone's gonna we're gonna get through this week. If you're in the U.S., we're gonna push through it. You, everyone's gonna get a good night's sleep tonight, mm-hmm. and then a bad night's sleep <laughs> tomorrow as results start coming in. Hey, you know who didn't get through this week? Pete Buttigieg. That's true. Yow! That's true. <laughs> high high hopes for a living. Unfortunately. <laughs> You don't really get paid much on those. Not yeah, high enough. Hopes, yeah. yeah, I guess. I guess <laughs> no, it hasn't come out yet. What? He hasn't said. Okay, wait. Mm. <clears throat> what came out was? What came out was a surrogate privately told someone 
on the record privately that he was dropping out because he doesn't want to be his he doesn't want his presence to help a Sanders nomination happen. Mm. Uh, but he hasn't come out and said this is about not having enough money or this is about my poor showing in South Carolina or anything like that, right? I, I didn't miss anything. <laughs> or about b- black people just completely rejecting him <laughs> yeah. wholesale. Wholesale. I mean, Absolutely. there's nothing more like in character with what we know about Pete Buttigieg than him dropping out in an act of screwing the candidate favored by people of his generation to please the elders he's been sucking up to for his entire for his life. life. Yeah. Uh, so it is absolutely like on brand that Buttigieg would be like, well, I failed, but how can I make it look like I'm doing this to stick it to Bernie? So uh, good luck. Um, yeah. The problem is I think his base may not be around in large numbers the next time he runs for high office. Uh, so we'll we'll see, we'll, we'll see what happens with old Pete. Listen, like I, I, what I'll say is I've definitely seen parts of his base vocal on, on Twitter in search of a new candidate. And I'm, I given where we are at and our, our degrees of, um, uh, you know, who who we have, who we have endorsed, uh, in terms of our, our past vitriol for, for Pete, my guess is we don't have too many Pete listen listeners here. Um, but I, I, I think one of the things that's interesting is you look at Pete's, uh, I wouldn't even put 10 minutes on the clock, but here we are. Uh, the, we, you don't do it. Don't do it. Cause we should just, we should keep moving. We yeah. should wait until after super. Yeah, we should just move on, yeah. But what I want to say is it, one of the things that's interesting is when you look at, at Pete's base and, and look at what, who their second choice candidates were. The answer is, and I think this kind of speaks to what his plat- platform was, his, his like mode. Um, they're all over the place, right? Like everybody mm. gets a little bump from Pete. <laughs> um, uh, uh, I guess makes it sound like he's selling coke yeah. in, the, in the bar bathroom. See, that guy I I might have voted for. That guy, now that guy... <laughs> He knows what life is like. Uh, not average. Well, who, say, who says he's not doing both? Yeah, right? you're right. Who says like yeah. he's he's publicly projecting right. like respect to the elders, but privately he's like, "Hey, meet me in the bathroom." <laughs> yeah, we got to get through Super Tuesday. Um, the 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 I think the fact that that you know you basically see all of his all of his folks kind of one by one, not one by one, but like falling off into every other possible camp, kind of points to the fact that his his like unifying message wasn't. Policy driven wasn't really about ideology outside of like unification ideology, and mostly was was uh, basically just saying words that were all adjectives next to each other uh, well, in a row. There was that I think is he was trying to brand himself as like an inspirational figure, yes. as a like capital P Kirk, politician, Kirk, yeah, right? Kirkland like Obama. Steps, yeah, but I think the initial appeal was that. Pete's the thing Pete offered was this notion of omnicompetence. And I think that is a really powerful thing for a lot of people at this moment. This idea that there would be a really smart, really well credentialed, thoughtful person at the helm who would be making sure everything is cool. Uh, I think the reason Pete's kind of been roundly rejected, uh, in addition to the fact that a lot of his resume ties into like strands of American politics that have become toxic to the left in the last uh, 15, 20 years. I think the other aspect is that for a lot of folks, certainly this is me, I think competence was a lot more appealing to me 10 years ago, right? When I thought competence was enough. Get a smart guy, get the uh, anti-George W. Bush in there, Uh and we'll sort all this out. 
I saw what competence divorced from like ideological commitment accomplished. And that means there's never really room for a guy like Pete in my political aspirations. You know, that's that that just wasn't going to do it anymore. I mean, I have I have a place for a, I have a, not for Pete specifically, but I have a place for competence and it's cabinet members and it's like it is it is being put in places uh, locally. Do you know what I mean? Where where. Uh, pure competence around certain policy initiatives or around certain, uh, you know, uh, where expertise can be really put to bear, uh, where information and understanding that information and being in a role where you can like actively work, like uh, Im- immediately administer uh, with that knowledge is something that that works. But that is not what I need in an executive, and it's not necessarily what I need in. Uh, someone who is supposed to be kickstarting a larger movement and leading a party. Um, anyway, this my 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 broader point was: if you are someone who's on the fence, like I think I think it's probably worth t- having that thought with yourself, which is like, what is it about Pete that appealed to me? And if it is like a belief that moderates will win the day in the end, then I, good luck with Biden. Like, but I don't think Biden has a shot at at taking Trump out like I, at all. And if that's the kind of line of thinking that you have and you're looking at the field now, I really think it, that maybe this is time for a come to Jesus moment for, for those of y'all on, on that on that uh, borderline there because it's like if what you want is someone who can activate people and make people uh, uh, intensely passionate about something, I do think Bernie is that guy in the field at this point. Um, so anyway, good luck to those of you left adrift uh, from Team Pete. Good luck uh, to all, all left of you. Left adrift. Left, yeah, left adrift. Left Drift left. left. Yeah. Drift. Drift. Hashtag drift left. Left. Uh, oh, that's my, my favorite uh, <laughs> act blues. Act blues. Uh, yeah. yeah. God. Drift left. Slowly, incrementally. <laughs> Just uh, pure vibes <laughs> over on act blue. <laughs> Listen, act blue's been getting a cut of all these these uh, Bernie donations, so I'm sure they're doing fine. Um, how is everyone How is everybody doing video games? Can we talk about some video games? You want to talk about some motherfucking sure. video games? <laughs> Patrick, I turned, I tuned in for the very last three seconds of your stream. Uh-huh. I saw a big yep. robot blow up, yes. and I saw some, like, sad dudes in an alley. Why? What's going on in dreams? Mm-hmm. Why is someone... Who's Alan? Uh... So this, yeah. So this morning, uh, you know, the way I do my dream streams, I mentioned on uh, last week, was that I pick a keyword and then I go from there. And uh, today's keyword was fart. Um, and uh, the point being, I like you know, I'm trying to find vectors that like bring up strange things, and they often lead you to like really good stuff. Has like been the experience like two times in a row. Um, and this is true of this case too. Like you know, you start by searching for fart, and you get a bunch of weird meme stuff. Although even one of the meme things was like. Genuinely kind of like funny and interesting. Um, but the thing we ended on was something called uh, Alan Invasion, which was somebody's short film. I mean, they there were some folks in the chat that um, have done some tinkering around with dreams and were just like unbelievably impressed with the anime. Like it's he's doing different voice acting and there's comedy bits and the way it's like actually structured is kind of interesting because if you go into the his profile, you realize that uh, what I didn't realize what people could do is like link together um, sequences so that they could all tell a story. Um, and so as it turns out, like the, the the bit I was watching was like going on for like five, 10 minutes. And like, this is like a really long thing to have built uh, to tell this story. Uh, and well, it turns out, well, they built it in small little chunks that then just play one after another. So you couldn't, in, you know, build a film or um, string together a series of levels by 
you know, by connecting these in, in the background. And uh, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's a Alan, Alan invasion. It's a, cla- you know, classic uh, two dudes who had a new friend and then one of them suspects he's an alien and the other's like, nah, bro, mm-hmm. not Alan. And then Alan's hat gets blown off oh, and, no. oh, damn, he's an he's alien. alien. The alien was under the hat. Alan. Yeah. I mean, yeah. thanks for the spoiler. Um, Maybe I was so, going to watch this later, Patrick. But it's fine. <laughs> it happens in the first ten seconds, oh, okay. and then okay. it's the, the consequences. Uh, yeah, it's the yeah. It's it's really just where where Alan goes from there. Um, I genuinely laughed a couple of times. It's weird. Um, the comparison a lot of people have made uh, as I've been streaming dreams is uh, this was like a little after <clears throat> my time, but I know it was like very formative for a lot of people. Was Newgrounds, um, the Flash Hub for lots of strange, weird, amateur video games. Um, I know a lot of people that would spend, you know, like their lunches or their time in the library at school, like screwing around on, on Newgrounds. Yeah, and sure. Dreams has big, <laughs> big Newgrounds, Newgrounds vibes. Okay. Um, yeah, big Newgrounds energy. <laughs> good news, energy. Flash like, is going away this year, so they need, you know, you need a... a, a it is. Yeah. Um, you know, it's the idea where it's like an accessible tool that like lots of different people can create things in and can use existing assets to, to do so dreams is absolutely playing in, in that space. And, um, yeah, like it's, you know, I was, uh, chatting with someone recently in which they're like, well, but I don't want to be the person to find that, which is true. Like, I don't blame people for not wanting to be the person that like sorts through the trash to, to find it. I like, I experienced little big planet the same way too, which is like, I didn't like, I didn't enjoy playing little big planet cause I didn't like the physics, but I read every article that was like, someone built a calculator. Um, and I think dreams can function similarly, even if you don't want to be the person that goes and plays those games. That said, I do think dreams already in its early state, I've played, you know, mul- you know, I, I shouted out one on Friday and um, I've played multiple games that are like, ah, these are just well made um, experiences. So um, don't have much to report beyond that, except that dreams is weird and <coughs> it needs to be weird in the, the best way possible. Awesome. Are you? Is that what you're streaming now for the for like the foreseeable future? Yeah, I'm, I got I got bored of Mario. Yeah, um, damn. I'm, they, they haven't done many. They haven't done many updates uh, past the Zelda one, and um, I still enjoyed doing it. But I just needed a break. Yeah, Otherwise, fair. I was gonna stop streaming. And um, I like the community aspect, and so I thought Dreams made sense to be something to kind of uh, futz around with until there's either a Mario Maker update or maybe I wind things down. But uh, yeah, I'm actually really enjoying it uh, so far. Awesome. Nice. Kato, can I ask you something that you wanted to talk about? Yeah. On, I, I'm sorry I'm doing this, but I need to know. <laughs> I Okay. At, this is a podcast of people who've fallen out of love with Destiny. Over the, oh, you know, in and out of really, we're kind of like, it's complicated. We're kind of, I mean, that's kind of a dated thing, but you know, we're like on again, off again with Destiny is what I think it's fair to say with Patrick, Rob, and I. My understanding sure. is people are pissed at Destiny again, <laughs> again, but I, but I don't understand this because like a month ago, everyone I know who played Destiny was like, this is the best the game has ever been. Yeah. What happened? Uh, well, so the new season has been fine, you know. <laughs> Already laying the groundwork. <laughs> How's stuff going with you and them? Oh, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Oh, we're okay. good. We're yeah. good. You know, I see them every once in a while. Yeah. Um, but that's really been kind of the thing is like I haven't played Destiny as much this season, mostly because it um it had fallen into this kind of uh, loop that was very repetitive. There wasn't as much new stuff, or even if like. 
there were um there was a lot of repetition in Shadowkeep when that happened, but there was still like story like new story bits that would happen, even mm-hmm. if I'm kind of doing the same activities at the end of that. Um this one didn't have I that already as have much, a question. So yeah, what's up? Like, I mean, the loop, the repetition, that's that's endemic to yeah, Destiny, yeah. right? Like, when you've been most into Destiny, you've also been repeating and looping a fair bit. Yeah. Um, I'm curious what the, like, some is, is this just a matter of familiarity breeds contempt? Like, at this point, you've, you've been <laughs> playing this game for a number of years? Or did something about the loop change even before this most recent uh, direction that Bungie intimated? One thing that changed was that there's no new raid for this season. And that was usually always my thing was, like, I would gather, I would, you know, I would grind up, hence doing the loops, but in order to be able to eventually do the raid. Right. Um, there's no raid at the end of the tunnel here, so I was like, I don't really need to engage with this as much. Like, I'll do, the, there's one activity, the sundial that came out that was cool, like, had really fun encounters, but... Um, was only really worth doing when they changed the boss at the end, which was like every every other week or something. They they added a new boss encounter, and then so I would like do it that week, do it a couple times then, and then just kind of like not engage with the rest of the 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 loop, which had to do with a lot of like doing bounties to get rolls on guns and things like that. Because I was never really about they, they like focused the like hunting for specific roles on guns to be the focus where before it was like you were hunting for new sources of power of like your light level to go up right right and at this point it's like you don't really need to do that there's nothing worth grinding that much light power for because there's nothing up there there's no raid to complete that requires that power really right well then that i think contextualizes the specific new thing yeah right which is which is they announced, or Luke Smith put out in a like director's cut. <laughs> Luke Smith, <laughs> yeah. The, they, I like that those two things are basically the same. What's a director's cut? Is a director's cut just like a vlog? It's just yeah, no. It's a um, text post. It's a text post. Okay. It's it's just him posting and it's a being lightly edited. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it's not like one of the like they they do a weekly post every Thursday. This that's week from Bungie. Destiny. That is from, from Bungie. Bungie. That's from Bungie. But then this is just like this Luke is just Smith. Luke Smith straight right. from the heart. Right. You know, here we go. Uh-huh. Here's what's co- here's what's coming from Destiny. Um, the Scorpion Lord himself. Is that right? <laughs> is that what Scarab Lord? Apologies, Scarab, Scarab yeah, Lord. There you go. Got to get my deep cut references correct. God. Anyway, continue. Um, uh, and he was kind of. Um, getting ahead of some changes that are coming soon <laughs> to Destiny. I like I like the the two modes of of PR crisis uh, management are getting ahead of and we're listening. <laughs> That's those yeah. are the two ways. What what is the uh, change the, that people are going to be pissed about or are already are pissed already about? pissed about sure. are already yelling about on the internet. Um, the guns in Destiny currently have this mechanic where if you find a gun that has like power 500 and you have your favorite gun that is only power 200 you could put the 500 gun and have the small gun eat it to get all that power yeah i play mobile mobile gay i play i play gotcha games <laughs> gotcha, yeah i started playing grand blue fantasy this weekend oh god we'll talk later yeah um but so essentially what this meant was that uh once you found a, a loadout that you really liked you can keep it forever uh, forever is a long time uh especially in a game where you're the other parts of the of of the game might be repetitive. 
something about using new guns was kind of always interesting to me. So I would try to move on often. Right, but a lot of people would be like, hey, I found this thing. I like the way this rifle feels. There's definitely a part part of that where, like, even as I would try new stuff out, I was I would end up falling back into, like, oh, but this... Uh, this um Duke Duke Mark forty four that I have that I that dropped like first week that I got Destiny is still my favorite, uh, so I'm gonna use that. And now what's happening is that going forward, those guns will have a, a level cap, so eventually they will be phased out essentially. And the way I kind of look at this is almost like, an, it, <laughs> this is a. This is a thing that makes sense to me, but I don't know how many other people may play Magic the Gathering, but card games have, like, sets, right? And in order to keep the meta fresh, there's, like, a standard format that uses a certain amount of the most recent sets, and then those get uh, phased out. And, like, those guns still exist. You could still use that gun in PvP where light level doesn't matter. Right. Uh, but for PvE content or PvP, the few modes of PvP that where light level does matter... Uh, certain guns will over like a year's worth of time will eventually phase out from when they like originally get put into the game. Um, and people are mad because they want to keep their favorite guns forever and never change anything. But I personally, I personally feel like I'm kind of happy that I'm going to be forced to re-engage with looking for loot Right, because in this game that, that is about ostensibly about loot. Yeah, and, like, I kind of... The, the way I see it, like, you know, this is a game about loot, and you can make the Diablo comparison of, like, you're not gonna... You're gonna pick up a sword at the beginning of Diablo, but you don't want to use that same sword. You're gonna want a better sword later. But the thing with that is that the weapons in that sort of loot game are not... Um, they don't They don't generally change the kind of kinetic button like ability use in the same way in, the, in, right. in a way yeah, that sure. like a destiny gun the right. destiny guns the way that destiny guns feel different is their rate of fire how what their spread is like you know all, all these things that make a um a marked difference between guns in order for them for there to be variety otherwise it's like what's the point of having these all these guns if they feel the same um so I understand when somebody finds something that they like that feels right to them that the impetus to, or the 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 thrust behind wanting to have that continue indefinitely yeah or, or the want of that connection but also yeah be it being a loot game uh I'm personally gonna I'm personally like kind of happy that I'm being forced out of this comfort zone in order to be able to pick I wonder up if new the, stuff yeah I wonder if the rest of the audience will will slide that way once the stuff gets implemented but right. we'll see but. Kind of quick question. Uh huh. So, if I have like my favorite guns, uh, you know, all tomorrow, and yeah. then I take a year off and I come back, yeah, are those guns vanished into the ether and they don't exist in my inventory anymore, or are they just behind the power curve and can't be buffed up to be uh, relevant? Uh, the second one there, yeah, they, okay. they, you still have them. You don't have to get rid of them. There is the ever, uh, uh. 
the ever-growing issue of vault space or where you even hold guns because there isn't uh, infinite vault space. So if you're trying to hold on to a copy of everything, you're just going to run out of space to hold everything. But yeah, like it's not that they're deleting or getting rid of these guns at all. It's just that it will become obsolete the way that old magic cards become obsolete. You can still play with them if you're playing like vintage or just right, like casually right. with your friends. Yeah. But, you know... The, like, but playing like the latest raid content, you were, if you were using one of those weapons, you are underpowered. Yes, absolutely. You probably wouldn't be able to, honestly, given yeah. the way that power jumps happen in Destiny. You will be hunting guns whenever the next raid drops f- from within that season to do that raid. Right. Um, well, yeah. good luck. Good luck to Destiny players. Hopefully, this change rolls out. When does it hit? When does it actually actually it's like, actually hit? Uh, it was vague. Okay. <laughs> it's probably starting next season. It. Okay. Um, Which means, who knows, maybe there's more stuff in that season that will help contextualize this, or yeah. we'll see. And, like, that's the thing. The new season starts in, like, a couple of weeks, and we still don't know much about it, aside from one of the top-tier PvP activities is coming back. Right. Which normally has light levels turned on. It's, yeah. like, one of the only times that happens in PvP. So, like, these things are kind of, you know, coming at coming the same at, Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. Hey, hey, here's a question, or or rather, speaking of shooters, do y'all see the, <laughs> do y'all see the, the new Riot game get announced at 3 a.m.? Oh, my God. Valorant? No. No? Well, they've, they've announced a bunch of, like, that game's, has that game uh, already been announced that's just, like, formalized? They announced that there was a, that there was a first-person shooter project yeah. coming. Yeah. And um, it was supposed but, to be, like... Right. And it leaked last week, I want to say, but they just dropped at 3 a.m. a two-and-a-half-minute-long, like, here it is. Here's the round. Here's a round of play. And it's basically CSGO with powers. Um, I linked it in podcast Weird. chat. Yeah, it's a super interesting way to drop it. Um, Isn't I, CSGO with powers Rainbow Six? It, it um you should take a look at the video. Uh, Fantasy powers closer to Overwatch, but with guns and also a, and also a buying round, a round of you still buy Overwatch, stuff, but with tier one operators. But with yes, exactly. <laughs> that is that is truly the vibe. Um, uh, it's super interesting looking. As someone who I, I'll never play this game well because I'm trash at at like this style of shooter. Mm. Um, I was actually all right at Rain. It's Austin. A, don't sell yourself short. You can stay frosty with the best of them. No. <laughs> No, I'm too hot. That's the problem. It's a weird art style. Yeah, isn't it? It doesn't. It doesn't commit. Um, like it has strong dust vibes. Like it's a strong, <laughs> yes. straight up. Um, uh, de dust. Yeah. Uh, like Counter Strike. Like it looked like. If you told me, hey, Valve made a new Counter Strike and they're going in a radically different direction, <laughs> like, oh yeah, sure, this, yeah, this. I get this, yeah. I can see this, like a weird, a weird mashup of Team Fortress and um, Counter Strike, and they're just they're calling it Counter Strike Three yeah. and just leaving old Counter Strike alone. Um, but I wonder if that's... it doesn't. I don't. It's just strange. It's just kind of. Uh, I don't know if it's bad. It's just kind of odd because it's it does semi realistic, semi cartoonish. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It does also feel though like it might just be a first art pass too. Like things are maybe gonna be shifted because this is still early alpha or whatever right i don't even know if it's but they've been working on these games for a long time yeah Yeah. because they're theoretically also a fighting game coming i would hope from that team that they they bought from the uh god what was the name of that game rising thunder was that the one button one Mm -hmm. yeah or i don't think it was one button but it was simple right or like Maybe it simplified. Wasn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. I. I. It's. I'm curious. I. I think it's just like 
Also, it was not the only drop at 3 a.m. last night. Uh, and obviously, me. 3 a.m. Eastern time is very specific. Like, it's a, a very particular worldview to be like, that's the time. that That's a strange time for me. Uh, it's a glow. The world is midnight a globe. Midnight West. Midnight, yeah. I guess Midnight West goes. <laughs> Do you see the Final Fantasy VII remake demo also dropped? Yeah. At 3 a.m. Down, downloading time? it. It's going to take five hours on our internet here. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not going to play get better it. internet here. Yeah, I wish. Um, I think I'm going to set it out. I don't think I'm going to... Play it. I think I'm gonna yeah, just wait until that game wait. is out. Yeah, that's what I feel like. It's only a month, yeah. so um, I, like I know I'm gonna play that. And if it was like, oh, here is an exclusive scene that's not, a, you know, what I mean, like it was something not just the game. Like I don't blame anyone for downloading it, but yeah, I'm. I think I'm gonna wait too. I, I'm like really excited to play it, but I don't feel a need to. I feel like I need to know what that's gonna feel like. I don't know. I would. I thought 15 was all right and it looks similar, but. I don't know. The combat feels good. I'm like I'm, my guess is it's very similar to what I played at E3 last year. And it's, yeah, it's, if, if, if it's, I just yeah, download, if the demo was just a combat arena, I might fuck around with it. But I don't want to see any of that stuff more than I've seen already. Probably not that it's like spoilery or like. It's a funny thing. It's like I don't mind reading spoilers. I just don't want to play through the same shit twice. Sure. It, right, unless it, right, is right. it a right? Mm, and I'd rather just wait. I'm just gonna wait. I'm just gonna wait. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I was like, well, what if they let me? Yeah, it's a month. It? Blah 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 blah. Right. Blah. Right. But, then you don't right, have yeah. to. Yeah. Um, before we move on, really quick, you know I what's do... fascinating oh, about this ahead, Valorant Alan. thing? Go ahead. Yes, the way that they appear to be taking the last, the lack of like volumetric fog in Counter Strike historically, <laughs> and just making that like the aesthetic of that the is, game. Yeah, that is it. Like you just walk into giant like. I guess you want to explain it, what that shit is, like what that looks like here. Yeah. Okay. So if you like in, in Counter Strike, right when, you, right when like smoke is basically opaque. Like if you, like once once smoke is popped, it completely closes off line of sight uh, in a corridor. It doesn't look anything like actual smoke, right? It doesn't look like somebody popped smoke. Right. Uh, Valorant is trying to do that, but is leaning into it as like part of the aesthetic. And so the way they seem to be creating the smoke effect is through these powers that really do look like Willy Wonka's like chocolate <laughs> factory just exploded all over the level. And people are just like wandering into like floods of really candy colored goo. Right. It's, mm-hmm. it's a strange thing. Totally. And, and it, it seems to be like a power set that multiple characters have to some degree. There's like a big green, green and red like fog wall and there's also someone who throws like a dome like a much more localized thing it's like a swirling dome that again feels yeah i don't know it's 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 a look i'll say that um i'm really curious about this thing yeah uh, i was gonna say really quick before we move on past the riot stuff uh they were back in the news last week as um as a new legal team was basically like, <clears throat> "Hey, y'all settled for for ten million, or or that last that last suit ended with a ten million dollar settlement to be paid, but actually that should be worth four hundred million, and that's that's the settlement about, uh, or that's the the case uh, again about gender discrimination. I didn't want to like have this segment without mentioning that shit is still ongoing, and that when when that last uh, case you know wrapped up, it it was a $10 million settlement, which is like pennies in the bank for a company that big. Yeah. Um, especially, and when I say company that big, I mean both in terms of revenue, but also in terms of just like how many women work at that company, which right. is a lot. Um, so we'll see how this new, this new leg of the, of the lawsuit goes. Um, uh, we talked about, okay, we talked about Valorant. We talked about Final Fantasy VII Remake briefly. 
Uh, we talked about other important shit like Destiny and Dreams. Uh, I'm going to talk game. about GDC yet. Oh, do you oh talk about, we should talk about GDC. Probably. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I mean, that was one of those things that like happened that felt that was one of those things that was like happened so slowly. It felt like it happened two. it all felt so, feels like it happened two weeks ago. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> because it started happening two weeks ago. Do you know what I mean? And also it was a long weekend. Yeah. Uh, Patrick, do you want to bring us up to speed? Yeah, the the short version is uh, that, um, you know, starting a, a couple of weeks back, Sony announced that they were pulling out of PAX East um, fairly last minute uh, the week before PAX East happened, um, saying that there were concerns uh, uh, that they had about the coronavirus uh, enough to n- not want to send a lot of their international uh, employees uh, to PAX. And so they decided kind of just to shut the the whole thing down. And you know, there was supposed to be, you know, playable Last of Us 2. So, like, there was, like, big reasons for Sony to to be at, you know, Final Fantasy VII Remake is coming out in a month. Um, so they decided to back out of that, and then they quickly backed out of GDC, which then led to pretty much like every day over the last couple of weeks, a different big company, whether Electronic Arts or a Facebook or a Unity or an Epic Games, um, to uh, announce that they were also deciding to not attend GDC. That on some level felt like, um, a lot of people maybe being like, not it, like don't want to be the person that sends our people there and then people get sick and then there's a bunch of headlines written about we're the studio that forged ahead and sent people. Um, and then also just, I think, genuine concern over a virus that, you know, um, has now, you know, over the weekend, you know, there's a lot more activity happening in the U.S. People are kind of skittish. And I think for, you know, it's understandable to want to be overly cautious when there aren't clear answers on what the end state of what is happening here. Um, but uh, it increasingly became obvious that a thing like GDC was going to be severely impacted because a lot of what the Game Developers Conference is, is professionals uh, revealing um, sort of like development uh, lessons. It's a lot of socializing that happens, whether on the show floor or uh, privately off at dinners and other little events that happen at night and parties. Um, It's students coming out to hang out with those. uh, They're like mentorship programs. Um, There are a lot of international people that come to visit. It just suddenly seemed like, all right, so a lot of these big companies are pulling out. So for recruitment, you know, uh, uh, if you're paying 200 bucks for the, like the expo pass where you can go walk around um, the expo floor, which is largely like a recruitment center for big studios. Well, if they're not there, well, then that's yeah. okay. What, what's happening here? And then privately, I was hearing last week was that even though the, the big headlines were about uh, these game companies pulling out, that the schedule and the presentations were getting dire where they were having to do sweeps at, at, to, to revisit with different studios to be like, are there ways you can either do it virtually or are there different people who would be willing to come out? And it was like apparently a lot worse than was publicly known. Hmm. Um, and it just became a, a growing feeling that they're going to have to cancel this. But unlike Facebook canceling their conference in May um, or if E3 was ever to you know right. cancel sometime in the next couple months, um, GDC was supposed to happen in a couple of weeks in which that created a lot of financial distress for GDC as an organization and an event. Um, and then also distress for um, various people who were, you know, not necessarily being covered by a big developer to, to fly out, but were, you know, putting up their own dime because the GDC, GDC passes are bare it's minimum. Expensive. To 220 um, and then 224, something like that. And then if you want an all access pass that gets you access to everything, it's more than $2,000. Um, and, my understanding is uh, from someone familiar with GDC's financial history is that it's a significant portion of their revenue. It's not like, oh, refund all that stuff and, you know, they'll be okay. Like, you know, it's, that's the, the, the money they, you know, they can be fairly dinged for how they handle the economics of GDC, but it is not 
uh, it is also true that they make a lot of money. They justify the development of GDC based on those expensive uh, passes. So, uh, yeah, a really messy situation. There's been a couple. What is um, the situation for people looking for refunds then at this point? Are they getting you get refunds for okay. your passes, but I think the and then it sounds like GDC actually, to their credit, uh, worked out deals with all the hotels that were part of blocks that were reserved under GDC, mm. so that you could get discounts. Right. You can now get a full refund without um, penalty. Um, that does you know, there's that nothing GDC itself can do about like flights, which are probably some of the most expensive things for booked, folks who are coming. If you booked outside of their their blocks of right. of hotel right. rooms, right? There's probably tons of people. I I shouldn't speculate. I don't know what the specifics are there, but I suspect there are people. There are people yeah. <laughs> who did not get those hotel yeah. rooms, right? Based on how right. other conventions do similar and conferences do similar sorts of things. Um, whew. That is – it is like one of those things where, again, it, it happened in, in such slow motion that I was like, yeah, this is going to get canceled for sure. Um, but I, I was still surprised to see it happen somehow. Um, I think partially it's also just like it's amid ongoing conversations about the utility of GDC, the fact that GDC is in the States, um, the fact that it is super expensive. Like it's it's one more thing. And and in a year where we're already rethinking, uh, you know, other events in the in the kind of gaming sphere, I'm curious if this ends up leading to, you know, what happens with GDC next year. I guess are, do they still have the Moscone Center like under contract for a number of years? Because that's the real thing. About I don't know. The, I don't know the specifics, but like, yeah, most likely you, yeah. you don't tend to do that year over year. You tend yeah. to sign like a five, 10 year deal committing that you're going to be there. They've since said that they. Um, well, they, they, they called it, we're postponing GDC. I wrote a headline that said you're canceling GDC Mm. because moving it to an ambiguous summer event that may or may not happen is, Mm. uh, you can call that a postponing, but I, the, the March event has been, has been, uh, been canceled. Um, my guess is they still do something. I don't know what it'll be. It'll probably be a lot smaller than, you know, it won't be something nearly on the scale of what GDC typically uh, is, but um, if only to try and recoup whatever cost that they can from this year, um, because, you know, I don't know the specifics on how they can, you know, part of the uh, part of the financial equation of events like this is what money can you get back as an event? You know, if you, uh, is, is the coronavirus, you know, was GDC shut down because San Francisco told them to? No, GDC elected to right. shut GDC down. So like for financial purposes, would an insurance company, because often with events, you will get insurance that is like supposed to cover emergencies like this. But like, what does that mean exactly? Like, and I'm not, I can't speak to the specifics of right, that. Right, but, right. I do, but if the government came I, I can, in and said, I can you say have to shut part, this down, then my guess right. is that the insurance that's company That's not an act like, of well, God. Right, right, right. Exactly, right. Um, that's oh, interesting. That's uh, an interesting element there. Damn. Well, uh, you um, know, hearts yeah. out to those people who are out of pocket with for cash because I'm sure there are people out there who already bought flights, who already had accommodations set up, who had you know, spent money to to do some other stuff nearby. Like that stuff happens. So, uh, you know, I hope I hope. Well, there are going to be two it. funds um, that are. Uh, let's see what was. Um, there are two different groups that are going to be doing sort of uh, emergency funds that they're trying to put together cool. for folks who are going to be financially distressed as a result of this. I am bullshitting as I scroll back slightly to find one of them that I can shout out. Uh, it <laughs> is – shoot. Here's my tweet thread. Okay. 
Um, yeah, uh, gamedev.world um, is going to be uh, doing a fundraising event uh, later in March. Um, I don't know the – that's run by a bunch of, you know, uh, reputable folks, in, including uh, Rami Ismail. So, uh, like, that's has some legitimacy behind it. I don't know exactly how – You'll be able to apply, you know, I don't know the specifics of that quite yet, but I know I'm sure they're going to work some of that stuff out as they work towards the end of March. And then I don't have the details in front of me, but I know there's another fund that's being put together um, to try and help folks that are financially distressed. You know, like one of the things I put in my story last week or a couple of stories was that, you know, I was talking to one studio in which they were uh, both sending people to GDC for presentations and also just, you know, hey, we want to send people to be representatives of our studio down at GDC. Um, and then they were also allowing people to pay out of pocket. And when the coronavirus stuff was happening, they were offering to cover the out of pocket costs for people that no longer wanted to go and could not get refunds for whatever reason. Um, and so that's cool, but that's a unique situation relative to say another developer I heard from who was a tiny independent developer that was supposed to show their game at the independent games festival. And they're from India and four of them scrounge together money to come out and they don't have like a cancellation policy they can turn to. Right. And yeah. so hopefully something like this will be able to alleviate, if not everybody, at least, you know, more than, Those cases. you know, would have been, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. uh, otherwise. Um, so yeah, that's where we're at. E3 told me they don't, they, they, they don't have any funny plans? statement. No, they sent me a funny. They sent me a funny statement that was. Uh, I just want to read it. Yeah, please. hi Patrick. Uh, everyone is watching the situation very closely. We will continue to be vigilant as our first priority is the health, wellness, and safety of all of our exhibitors and attendees. Given what we know this time, we are moving ahead full speed with ET twenty twenty planning. Okay. That's where they should have ended their statement. And then ah. there was another line: exhibit and registration sales are on track for an exciting show in June. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Which I guess, you know, given all the speculation about if E3 is in trouble, I suppose I understand why they sneak, sneak something like that in there. But, um, Everything is I don't good. Know. I, I, We're not sinking. Yeah. Keep playing, no. orchestra. Hey, I, I, um, the country that is taking, you know, that most directly impacts the intersection of video games uh, is Japan, and they're taking this extremely seriously. They're yeah. shutting down schools for a month starting, I think, this week. Um, and so if Japan as a country essentially pulled out of E3. Um, you know, the, Japan is basically what started the GDC ball rolling towards mm-hmm. cancellation. And so, you know, if they if they understandably chose to say, actually, yeah, we're not going to do E3 either, I think that would put, uh, you know, if Nintendo just doesn't go to E3, yeah. like it does, e, you know what I mean? Like if Nintendo just doesn't go and they say, you know what, we can do a direct, we're fine, we're cool, we'll do like little press events locally and like, you know, that's mm-hmm. that's fine. Um, that would be, you know, that would be a, a huge hiccup for them. So I don't think it's off the table. I don't think it's necessarily when a, a, a hiccup, we'll hear about tomorrow. A hiccup that in a year where it's already looking kind of dire, right? I'm yep. sorry, exciting and whatever else they fucking said. <laughs> um, uh, no, like it's, it is, well, we came into this year saying, hmm, I wonder what's up with E3, yeah. right? Uh, I think you can have a fair and honest conversation about whether you expect this to be the last E3, whether or not that's a safe, com- you know, there's whether or not that's accurate right. or whatever. Like that's a that's a conversation you can have over a dinner table. Um, and that is the, this could definitely throw a wrench uh, in, into their plans, especially shifting to an even more public focused event. Mm-hmm. You know, we want more people than ever in this small I, space. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh huh. God. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Any other news you want to hit before I shout out this game that oh. I that is 
Rob? I don't think so. What's Rob? up? <laughs> what do you What do you got there, bud? What was that noise? Oh, uh, just, a, just a delicious mango seltzer. Oh, okay. Ooh. Uh, alcoholic seltzer. A white claw. You got is, a, that, is that a white claw? What do you got? <laughs> white claw. <laughs> I had a mango you know white claw last the moment, night. The moment we're recording <laughs> yeah. a podcast on a Monday morning and Rob opens a white claw is the moment I shut. I just turn it off. He's I done. turn around. I'm like, fine. You know what, Rob? Rob solo cast. Yeah. Uh, just let him go. Woo. Um, Would love to see it. Uh, oh, the la- Tuesday is brought to you by whoever the fuck makes <laughs> seltzer with booze in it. Um, I just, a, a thing I just can't find the use case for in my life. Fair. Cotto said. Cotto said. Yeah, that he drank a mango white claw last night. Yeah, I was playing D and D. My friends had mango white claws. Is it good? There's the it use case. Good. There's the use case right there. D and D. Yeah, you want to feel crisp, good. but also get a little buzzed. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can't feel too heavy. A crisp. Stay frosty. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what would what occurred to Fro- you, Patrick? A frosty mug of hard seltzer. <laughs> I listen, man. I think that the I think that the the ship has sailed on shit talking hard seltzer. People are here for it. It happened. Yeah, that happened mm-hmm. last year. Yeah, we're like the ship has sailed on being excited for it. Also, it's right. not just a thing that exists. It's just it's just it's in just, the rotation. Yeah. God, uh, what occurred to you, Patrick? You said something occurred to you. Oh yeah, I, I just um, I, I think it'll go up later today because um, I have to I have to finalize it after I we do this podcast is. Uh, so over the weekend, uh, the long dark um, that like uh, survival, survival yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, a game um, that got like story components as time went on. Um, they publicly talked about how they asked Nvidia to take their game off of GeForce Now um, huh. because they said they didn't ask for permission to put the game there, so we're asking them to take it down. Um, huh. That comes right as I was finalizing. A, a, this would have happened last week, except for the GDC stuff. I've been working on a big feature about. GeForce Now, its legality, and it, the fact that companies like Activision um, and others asked to have their games taken down. And then when I reached out to, um, you know, the developers of like Into the Breach and Celeste, I was like, hey, do you have like agreements with NVIDIA over this stuff? Do you have a problem with it? And they're both like, well, we don't have a problem, but no, we don't have agreements. They never reached out. Um, and just sort of walking through just like the the weirdness of the service that NVIDIA is providing, which is a great one. I know, Rob, you said recently that you you came out to New York and then finished a round of... Oh, came Total out War. a complete believer. Yeah. Like, <laughs> playing, playing like four hours of Total War Three Kingdoms on like truly dog shit hotel Wi-Fi <laughs> and having that be good. I was like, this is maybe the, the first time I've been optimistic about the future in years. <laughs> Uh, all we needed (laughs) god uh yeah so so i think it is an open question because you know one of the things that was interesting about the the piece i was working on was that um when you uh i finally realized as i was putting it together is like the companies that have asked to limit their games electronic arts bethesda and activision um are all the companies that are investing they're in their own cloud services. So it would make sense that they take issue with being listed on a cloud service when they would like to exert, you know, power and resources over uh, that on, on their own. So, you know, Are I, they, think, I think, go ahead. Just a question for you. Does that extend to like, I have a bunch of those games on my steam account and that's how I'm right. using NVIDIA. Uh, sorry. Uh, GeForce now is I am opening my steam account 
to right. that service and then installing what I want on a remote machine. Mm-hmm. Um, are they trying to get a carve out there so that their games can't even be offered through that? Correct. That seems yeah. like it would be so tricky like, to administer. So it, I don't know exactly how it works, but in the past, when GeForce Now is in beta, you could just load, you would lo- load up the GeForce now UI and it would it could launch a game and like it you set up to like hey you just click 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 it'll install certain games were like pre-installed like they're they have partnerships where you just launch it and it would be the kind of like a stadia like experience where you're just going right into the game um but you could like basically tab out of the UI and just install whatever you want and now there are measures in place to stop you from doing that if a game is actively not supported by GeForce Now I think there might still be some tricks that allow you to do I was watching YouTube videos of like hey like, cause like EA only supports Apex Legends, but there are like ways to like trick Origins to like let you install other games. Cause GeForce Now is not a game specific tech; it is just a carte blanche tech. Um, as Gita enters the That's room, Gita entering the um, room. Yeah. Um. So they're just turning it off per game, but not because there's anything specific about the tech. It's it's really truly just um, partnerships, and the legality of it is 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 tricky. Like the lawyers I talked to basically said, well. You know, push comes to shove, like NVIDIA could probably take various studios to court if they wanted to over like what is actually listed in a in a EULA, you know, an end user license agreement. Um, Blizzard is the only company that explicitly lists like, hey, we ban cloud services. You just cannot use them for our games. It is explicitly written out huh. in their EULA a couple of, about 18 months ago. They added one that's like, hey, if you use this is back when they had a couple of services existed like Parsec and Shadow where you just rent a PC and you can do whatever you want in that PC. And I used Shadow briefly last year. I mentioned it on this podcast where you launch it and like a Windows update occurs. Like you are just using a PC as PC. <laughs> and but they were they put in their terms of service that they did not want. They were not allowing you to do that. And they were issuing 30 day bans if they caught you using one of those uh, services. Um, and so. Yeah, it's a it's a weird thing where like, you know, the, the, like the Fallout 4 EULA, for example, it says something along the lines of like, you cannot use, you have a license to use this copy of Fallout 4 for non-commercial use. And then the argument from the lawyers I spoke to is like, well, NVIDIA is charging you money to play this game on their virtualized machine. That sure seems like a commercial use of your license and thus... That that is standard in most like video game EULAs, the ones that have them. Um, and at that point, then any developer can realistically say, "Well, yeah, you're Nvidia is making money off of our game, and you are using your license, so Nvidia can use it for a commercial use." Um, well, in Nvidia's like defense, they just click through that. <laughs> yeah. just just go to Got court him. just get your yeah. best li- lawyers on it and just be like look this shit's unenforceable do you have any idea how long this eula was well but we you know like run for, some games and stream them it's like, ta- like talking you know maybe developers will feel differently like the you know uh uh developers of into the breach and stuff uh, celeste that i talked to but they both were like well it means more people can play like you still have to buy the game right like you buy it on steam and yeah. then you are using geforce now to play it you know I think for a lot of developers, they will just kind of shrug and go, this seems like a net good. Um, but I think it's not going to be unsurprising if bigger developers maybe push around their muscle and say, actually, we'd like to have like a specific agreement with you in which perhaps every time a game is launched that is their game, you know, you get a slice of the royalties that, that come along uh, with it. Um, so well, I'm curious anyway, so that, that f- I'm curious too how that's going to affect large publishers versus small developers like the long dark actually saying like don't do this 
and it being respected is a good sign that they're not just gonna yeah. like bowl over indies. Um, but but I am but I think in general it is it is interesting to to and, and also historically one of the things that ends up happening is that independent developers often lean into technologies like this or, or like emerging trends as a way of like reaching an audience that they may, might not otherwise reach and or end up being a little more flexible. It's like part of what it means to be independent. So maybe we'll actually see something like that where you get a lot of people saying like, yeah, of course you can play our game on this thing. This thing is cool. Like, mm-hmm. please play our game on this thing. Hey, we're going to develop a thing for hardware that maybe you don't have access to. But if you use this NVIDIA thing, it totally works. You know, we'll see. I'm curious. Hi, Gita. Gita Hi, is here. I'm here. I made it. You I made had it. an early morning call with someone who lives in the UK. So Fair. Yeah. Absolutely fair. And uh, initially scheduled it for 8 a.m. And then I was like, wait a second. It's Monday at 8 a.m. That's Monday at 8 a.m. Not going to happen. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. No. Yeah, 9 a.m. almost didn't happen, but it, it worked out. He was a nice guy. Um, hi. hi. We saw you on getting up at 3.30 in the morning. We're going to take a fucking break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about some strategy games. Yes. We're going to talk about all sorts of shit. So, uh, Patrick, you ducking out? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go write that, finish that NVIDIA right, piece. Sounds so good. I, will. I just want to make sure, has anyone noted the sweater you're wearing today, which says, I'm allergic to Green Bay? Oh, Green yep. Bay. I it's thought it said Green good. Day. Green <laughs> oh, my God. Fuck you. <laughs> I just, that's what I get off this podcast. Maybe blue and orange. If you didn't think that Patrick thinks that Dookie's a good album, I do no think way that he I did that. think Dookie's. I do think that. Dookie's yeah. a good that's album. That's why I was, I was like definitive. To but my... I didn't want to bring yeah. it up. It's like maybe something. Changed. I mean, <laughs> that new that new album is got that bad. What, what? I heard like current era Green Day fans are so not about the new album. They're like, what the hell is going Who, on? What's yeah. the song? What's the new? It's well, just like uh, they are high on their own supply. I now. see. There was some shit. They were trying to be too cool for anything, and it was bad. There was an advertisement that went okay. around. The for Father a, a of second. All Motherfuckers is the name of the album, oh which, God. like, number one. Mm. Maybe we thought your shirt was related to that. But this, this is what one, I'm saying, is I was confused. <laughs> Thank you. This is way more on oh. brand for Patrick. Yeah, Sunday. this makes more sense. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, no, I was I listened to Green Day till American Idiot, and I was like, nah, I'm good. Like, <laughs> it's the right yeah. point to jump off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. yeah. It was like, is there? Well, there's your Green album. There Congrats. is a very good uh, podcast that I listen to about music that I'm going to recommend this one episode to you called And Introducing, and they uh they they do sort of read biographies, autobiographies of musicians, uh, and sort of go through their discographies and the songs they mention in there. But they did one episode about the American Idiot. Uh, Broadway musical because there is right. a, an yes. article, a long form right. article about it, and I highly recommend listening to that article because okay. it is absolutely wild. Okay, yeah. Well, thank you for the recommendation. No problem. We're gonna take a break. I'm gonna go listen to that article. I'm not gonna do that. That's not true. I'm gonna do some water, <laughs> and then uh, Patrick, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you find me uh, at Patrick Klobuk. And if you have COVID nineteen related, like, uh, if you have COVID nineteen. <laughs> Or, or info about people canceling events, you should send them to Patrick. This is me. I don't know why I saying. thought you were going to say canceling COVID. <laughs> what? No, yeah. Uh, uh, you know what, guys? You know, know how to cancel COVID 19. <laughs> I'm, I'm That's a great headline today. Um, uh, on the post, it was uh, COVID 19, uh, coronavirus defying travel restrictions spread <laughs> to more countries. You know, coronavirus, like a, get your shit together. Coronavirus you've is been, you've been told off. Canceled. Yeah, I, you know canceled, guys. I won't. I won't take this tone policing. Um, COVID nineteen. <laughs> Things are real out here. 
God. All right. We can't even fucking, we can't even end a segment without going long. Let's take a break. Patrick, thank you for joining us. I hope you have a good week. All right. See ya. BRB. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. We are back. And finally, Gita, you're here, which means I can have the actual conversation I, I want to have. Damn. Grand Blue Fantasy. Rip to Patrick. <laughs> rip, to, rip to Patrick, but I'm different. Um... <laughs> I, I've had, you might know this, election brain. Mm-hmm. Um, it's exhausting to be all the way just like tuned in all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nowhere I can look in my life where I'm not like stressing. And so I've started a mobile game. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, I love actually, this. This is only like Hold on, not just you. What's up? Not just a mobile game. No, I mean, I played it on a browser. A gotcha game. A gotcha game. A gotcha game, specifically, is what I'm saying. (laughs) Yes. The most toxic of mobile games is the gotcha game. Oh, well, mm, it can be. Yeah. Yeah. I've not put any money into it yet. Okay, good. But I did start... The, I did. Hmm. When you start looking up Wait, the likelihood of getting the thing you want in your polls, is when you know that it's reached full on toxicity. The thing that I, the thing that I did do is wait to start until it was a specific window. So that if yeah. I ever decide to put money in, I will get what I want from it better than if I. Hmm. That's does a that, really smart. Does that window come up very often? What do you mean? Yes, sort of. How sort often? of. So monthly. monthly. There's a. Okay. There's okay. You got to go to the beginning, dude. <laughs> So actually, this starts about a month. This starts like two months ago when I'm looking at Grand Blue versus footage. Mm-hmm. Grand Blue versus is coming out soon. Um, it's a fighting game. Yeah, it looks really cool. It does. Uh, it's by uh, Arxis, who's right. put out the Dragon Ball Fighter Z. They have uh, a new Guilty Gear coming soon. Yeah, they're the Blaze Blue folks. They're blowing up anime fighters. They're here for real. Yeah, uh, and and Grand <laughs> Blue versus look cool because one. It looked like a simplified anime fighter in some ways. Um, there are like, anime fighter is like I wouldn't call it a pejorative, but how it's being reclaimed as an outsider, Rob. When I say anime fighter, what do you think I mean? I think you mean something really complicated and uh, like requiring of deep and somewhat obscure study. Uh, that's the reputation that mm-hmm. anime fighters generally have. Like across the board, right? Yeah. Largely because of Arxis. Yes, 100%. Yeah, largely <laughs> because they put out games that have layer after layer of uh, obscure and obscurantist design. Like, mm-hmm. there's it's a hard way in and a harder way, a harder way out. I don't know how you, if you're in Blaze Blue, like, good luck yeah. going yeah. elsewhere. I don't know. I, I used to date a guy that was really into fighting games and really into Arxis games, also. I mean, playing Marvel's Capcom against him was awful because I could just put the controller down. Right, like, you're just gonna just, this yeah, is it's over. like, okay, cool, I'm gonna go. Uh, 
um, beer. Like uh, <laughs> with Arxis, it was just like I I got resoundingly beaten by him playing Guilty Gear, which is sure. a game I know how to play, right? right. Like I, I I know Jam's moves. I've had them memorized since I was like, but it is 17. not enough to know the moves. No, no. <laughs> and he was like, oh, I was like that really wasn't fun because you beat me so resoundingly. Yeah. Uh-huh. And he was like, why don't you practice? And I was wow. like, my like, dude. Suck your dick. (laughs) (laughs) That's how that insult goes. Perfect. Uh, So that is like my experience with anime fighters generally. I was like, damn, this looks good as shit. I'm just getting fucking walloped. Uh (laughs) Just getting Uh whipped in the streets. Like, the. So. Grand Blue, fan, Grand Blue uh, uh, Fantasy Versus or just Grand Blue Versus? Grand Blue Grand Versus. versus I, think, uh, yeah. I was like, damn, this was good. It's simpler. Um, it, like, it straight up has Smash Brothers special move button inputs. There's just serious? a special button Whoa. that you can hit that is like special button, special button forward, special button and backwards, special button and down to do the different moves if, if you're like worried about execution in that way. Oh, this um, shit comes out tomorrow? Does it versus is tomorrow? Yeah. Damn. Oh, damn I guess March I, 3rd. Well, I can't talk about that I've played that, even though it's actually technically already out in, in areas where I could have technically imported it. <laughs> I would say that that game looks really cool um, and that the footage I've seen seems dope and that yeah. the thing that I think is most appealing from what I've seen on the internet, not from playing it, <laughs> is the uh, the lesson stuff. The like tutorial, not the tutorial, but it has like a really in-depth, hey, do you need to know what a cross up is? Yeah. Do you need to know like very some very fundamental stuff? This is what that every fighting is, game needs. It's like yeah. really it seems really good in that okay. in that thing. Also there's an RPG mode that Ooh. does not look particularly good uh-huh. but it's still kind of fun to fuck around with. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh I saw that a month, you know, a couple months ago I was like, "Damn, maybe I should finally get into Grand Blue." Damn, I wonder if they're going to do any events around around the same time as when Grand Blue Versus comes out. Yeah. Also, I kind of want to just know who these characters all yeah. are, right? Like, I already know Lewayne. I know, like, the three Catboys who are, like, like goofy bros. Uh, I know them because of just osmosis. Mm-hmm. And I know, like, there's a, I know there's a character named Gran. <laughs> I know there's not a character named Blue as far as it's I know. It's his fantasy. It's his fantasy. <laughs> Uh, we just live in it. Is this the one that has Mozart in it? <laughs> no, you think of Fate. Fate. Fate Grand Order Fate is Grand the Order one with the historical, the historical figures. figures. Gotcha. Yes. This is the one. Kato, tell me if you if, if you heard this one before. Uh. So there are primals. Okay. Uh, and they have there's primal beasts and there uh-huh. are crystals. Okay. Uh, and like it is there's a are lot there of calamities. <laughs> I want to show you a character real quick that uh-huh. you tell me. I'll show you this character. Is this a Final Fantasy 14 or is this a Grand Blue Fantasy? <laughs> Look, Kato. This is like a person. Both. It's both. both. They're saying primal crystal technology. That's just That's, both of these games. Yeah. <laughs> so, so. Uh, okay, but also Sakura Kinomoto from Car Captor Sakura, according to the Google search of Grand Blue Fantasy that I just did. Apparently, there's a character in this. Uh, game. there's a lot of crossover characters. Wait, okay. What? But also, Lancelot. <laughs> Excuse yeah, there's me. Lancelot, but it's a different Lancelot. And then it's not Honoka. The Lance- uh, from uh, Magical Doremi, I think. Yeah, there's a lot of crossovers. Like I said, there's oh, a fun. code. I'm waiting to level up enough so I can get the characters from Code Geass and their giant robots in Grand Blue Fantasy. <laughs> Lena Inverse? I'm just reading yeah, the most. So a lot ones. of these characters might not even Slayers? be available anymore. Yes, yeah, Slayers. There's Slayers crossover. There was a Zone of the Enders crossover. Trust me. Oh my I'm God. Paying atten- there was a Soccer Wars crossover. There Shit. was a Love Live crossover. Fuck. Uh, our, our mutual friend Allie is upset that she didn't get all the Love Live characters, unfortunately. I'm anyway, so sorry for her. So, what are we. I mean, what you're hearing right now is this is a game with a billion fucking playable characters. Yeah. I decided, so I had already been thinking about it. Then last week I was like, oh shit. It is, 
it is Super Tuesday's coming up. I need something to do on this computer that is not looking at Twitter, mm-hmm. that is not looking at the wonderful Waypoint Discord uh, politics chat, which has been a boon and and a, and a respite for me. Um, but I need something else that is just like up on my screen that I can half pay attention to or that I can like check in on when I'm not working on something uh, just to keep some of my – just to like bleed some of that attention off, sand down a little bit. I should get into Grand Blue Fantasy. And so I messaged like three of my friends and like two different discords. Hey, should I start playing Grand Blue now? Is this the right time? Um, and everyone was like, you should – okay. Everyone's first message was the same, which was you should play when you're ready. Like, you should play when you feel like playing. It doesn't matter. The second response was for a lot of the people were like, you should wait until it's leg fest. Leg uh, fest? Yeah. Wait until it's leg fest. Leg. What? So. <laughs> <laughs> and then they were like, and then it's the sixth anniversary right after leg fest. And I was like. What's like so, okay? What's like fast? Yeah, that would be the question. Mary like fast. <laughs> Mary, Le- let me tell you. I would think something called like fast would only happen. How often do you think a like fast is? Uh, How often could you fit a leg fest into your life? I really could only have one leg fest a year. I'm not gonna. Lie I got to tell you, in the world of Grand Blue Fantasy, a leg fest happens basically every month. It's the end of every month for four days. Oh my god! It's leg fest. It's leg fest. I it? don't work my legs at all all yeah. month. Wow. And those last four days, you just like, obliterate them. Bop, bop, bop. <laughs> One hundred deadlifts. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, it's also called the Premium Gala, or in Japan, the Legend Festival. Oh, so I guess it's technically a Ledge okay. Fest, but Ledge Fest sounds ledge like fest. the worst. Like Ledge Fest is much worse than Leg Fest. Ledge Fest <laughs> is the worst like rock uh, event I've ever been to. Like the worst. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, it's like Ozfest, but for people who are like we're legends of classic rock. Oh wow, yeah, this is miserable. Wow, uh, like and corn. none of them are. Yes, yeah. yes, one hundred percent. Ledge Fest is when you line up a whole bunch of half-empty glasses of water at the edge of a cable tabletop. Uh, yes, it's for your cat. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's Ledge Fest. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> um, so Lakefest is when the draw rates are higher mm. for your gotcha pools. Uh-huh. And also, um, I think you just get, I want to see maybe you you get some extra crystals or something. I think maybe your pools are just better. Your draws are just better. In general, people save up all of their in-game currency. At the end of a month, they're like, yes, time to fucking you know, bop, bop, bop. I like that system more than just having constant events. Yes. There are, are also constant events. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> but at least, but they're like story events. That's a different. Yeah, <clears throat> but like at least with like one, one time of month where you know mm-hmm. you'll get the best bang for your buck, you can participate in the other events if you want to, but yes. if you don't care and you just want to wait for Legfest, that it feels a lot healthier than I was playing this like weird cooking right. one where uh-huh. you anthrop- anthropomorphized foods, and it was really cute and it was really is that, fun. Is that which one is uh, that? Oh, I don't know. I removed it from my phone because I started spending too much money on it. Is great. Mm. Um, is that? But it was it was based off of the same people who did. Uh, I remember we got a thing. Uh, for Love it. Nikki. Okay, sure. Yeah, okay. so was, Love Nikki is dope. Love Nikki, Love Nikki is like rocks. is like a fashion. I have yeah, it's a fashion version of yeah, this. Yeah. Like it's like a gotcha, but the gotcha stuff you get is clothes, right? Um, and then they the same company did one that's based on food, where you have to run a restaurant that passively earns you stuff, and then you also use your anthropomorphized foods to fight battles, like you do. And yeah, and that one is just like n- events overlapping with events. 
So right. there is always the best time to spend money is now. Right. right. Yeah. And that's a problem. So yeah. I was at that point, I was like, no, nah, I'm not doing it. Bye. And that was actually from more like two weeks ago, I guess I'd say. Mm-hmm. Then the last week, a Twitter user, I want to say it was Minofsky article, who shout outs to Minofsky article, is is very good. Also has a great name. <laughs> um, and I believe it was him. He was like, hey, uh, I don't talk about this, but I've been playing Grand Blue Fantasy. It's pretty good. Uh, it's cool to just have a, it's cool to just like, have a, a JRPG in my pocket. I'm not playing it super seriously, but I'm having a lot of fun. Yeah, and I was nice. like, huh, that's a way to think about this. Yeah. It's just like, what if I'm just, what if I'm just playing a game? What if that's it? What if all I'm doing is I have this game, it's a nice, simple, like, thing I can retreat to, yep. play on my phone, have up in a browser, etc. Um, and, uh, so last week I then reached back out to certain friends and I was like, all right, should I start now or should I wait two or three days for Lake Fest? Mm-hmm. Now I understand what a Lake Fest is. Yep. No, you should wait the three days. It's fine. You know. It's a good idea. Uh, here's the reason why you want to start in a Lake Fest. It's not just because the pools are better and you get a lot of extra pools. When I say a pool in in these games, gotcha games, mm-hmm. um, for people who have no idea what the fuck we're talking yeah. about, we say gotcha. Uh, it's not gotcha, like no, like a, it's, but it's short, it is but it a little is bit. a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's, it's gotcha pawn, gotcha pawn, mm-hmm. uh, which gotcha is pawn. like uh, you know the toy, like the twenty five cent. Like, actually, they're probably more than that now. Yeah, uh, like little, um, the little capsule capsule things. toys. Yeah. yeah, exactly. In Japanese, it's an onomatopoeia for gotcha pawn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's so but, cute. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, see, I have it. In, I've internalized it. Yes. <laughs> um, the sound of the machine is in me. Uh, the the these are games where you end up like doing pulls or draws where you are spending money or spending in-game currency to recruit new characters to get extra weapons to in my experience get new mechs for for instance <laughs> conceptually or mech parts um make new make friends with pokemon to make you could you their... could make right there's a pokemon one uh-huh. exactly there's get a bunch more of anthropomorphized foods or anthropomorphized right exactly yeah so uh in Lakefest, the chances of getting a good one to get a super, super rare character is higher, right? Uh, but it's also, and this is the money thing, if you, whenever you start, you get a thing called a beginner draw set, which is you can, you can draw 10, char- 10 things, weapons or characters or summons, it's like a mix, mm-hmm. and then at the end, pick when I say you get one of these what I mean is you spend $30 on one oh wow but you have you have this you have this window to do it and if you do it you get 10 characters or 10 draws and then also you just get to pick something from the pool Austin what's up I didn't no I didn't do this yet and here's why okay because while it says it's a beginner because (laughs) when it says beginner draw set and it says this is available for seven days only what they mean is seven days only until the next time we offer this to you which will be in a month because in a month, they'll be like, hey, uh, do you want to go back and buy that thing that you didn't buy a month ago? And my answer eventually might be yes. Mm-hmm. And the pool that is available of characters for that you just like get one of yeah. is tied to when you started. <laughs> and so right. <laughs> because I started in the leg fest, there are more characters available in that pool. And this is the sort of fucking game I'm playing now. How one in which the... that sentence that I just said makes sense to me yeah. and means something to me. How long does that leg fest go for? Four days. So okay. my, my I'm out of it now. Yeah. But uh, I think it's it's still going right now. Oh, okay, because um, I'm looking it up because you've already talked me into downloading this. Hell yeah. so You're welcome. <laughs> you don't, let me tell you something else. You don't need to download shit it's a browser based game even yeah. on phones huh. which also means my battery doesn't die super quick while I'm playing mm. it which is nice that actually rocks um, uh, it, the, the counter thing there though is 
it gave me some weird issues on trying to play on my phone, but I got it working. It's fine. I had to deactivate the security feature. I, that sounds worse than it is. <laughs> All of this is leading to this is a game with like hundreds of characters and like it's basically just a very simple JRPG. Uh-huh. I'm like not even at the point yet where most fights are anything. I mostly just hit the attack button and win fights. Um, uh, but there are like raids, there's all sorts of stuff. And it has been a very fun, like, um, uh, just a little, it's just been, a, it's just been fun to dip my toe in this thing. And the same way that I, that I dip my toe into Final Fantasy 14, you know, for 250 hours, yeah. dip, um, just, a, just a little dip, just a little dip. Just a little dip. I'm not off Final Fantasy 14. I'm, I'm like taking a break after beating Stormblood and I'm going to go through soon and continue that. But I want to shout out and say thank you. Hmm. Stormblood. What's next? Uh, uh, Shadowbringers. Shadow, well, I have to out. do Stormblood's patches, and then right. I'm going to do the, then Shadowbringers. Um, but I just want to shout out everyone who gave me advice. A lot of people in the Waypoint community were very nice to me, Aww. including some moderators like Aww. Weed Lord Vegeta. Thank you to Weed Lord Vegeta. Weed Lord Vegeta. Thank you to all of my friends and the friends of friends who've helped advise me. Shouts to Amanda Cosmos. This is my Cosmos. award. I'm, 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 this is my acceptance speech for <laughs> taking the award of you did it. You played this fucking gotcha game for yeah. 12 hours over the last weekend. Nice. Um, but I'm excited now for that for the fighting game to like actually put more like these characters are going to be around on Twitter for the next month as yeah. people come to this right. world. I'm ready to be invested in this. That's what it was for me. It's like, yeah. damn, who's he? He's hot as shit. Yeah. Oh, damn, uh, who is she? She looks dope. Yep. Like, yep. Yep. That yep. is that is the vibe for all of these characters. I was watching Amanda Cosmos uh, talk about it was either Amanda or Allie sure. who had re-downloaded the new update version of Love Live, mm. and I was just thinking back to when I first got into Love Live, and it was the original OG flavor. Yeah. And they're talking about how they have classic versions of all the characters now, so it's not it's a mix of old girls and new girls yeah. and I had this feeling of like I want a gotcha game because yeah. it's just enough game for me to do on the train now that my commute is so short it's only 15 minutes perfect I need something a lot a shorter That's the other thing than most like, games I have to play right you know? Grand Blue Fantasy is basically a JRPG visual novel like yeah. it's a lot of reading the thing you're doing is like oh wow I, I got a new character and it unlocks and this is going to sound confusing it unlocks a fate which is not, not tied to fate, fate. grand order. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, a fate is just like, here's a little story snippet for them. That's fun. That's cute. I'm just watching uh, Rob Zachney very politely observe us have this in-depth conversation. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate Rob's patience while we work through this. I, I appreciate, appreciate it. Rob. I have one last thing, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, uh, to pivot. Yeah. What I'm going to do, okay, the last thing I'll say about it is one of the most charming things about the game, and it's something I'm still trying to work through, is the appeal of kind of stock fantasy in the like adventure anime style right mm-hmm. which we said Lena inverse earlier yeah is like a pretty common anime vibe yeah uh, that's why I love delicious and dungeon slash dungeon yeah. meshy it's like there's just uh, something about the manga style being applied to kind of stock D&D tropes yeah. that does work for me. And I, I don't say that because I, I don't have like a compelling argument. I'm not like here to like spin no. you a tale about synthesis and cross-cultural though. blah, 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 blah. Uh-huh. I don't have that argument developed. It's just nice. I just – it hits me in a warm spot it's because what of I, what I grew up with. Yeah, it's what I want most modern approaches, to like fluffy approaches to fantasy tropes to actually be is mm-hmm. like Slayers. Right, where it's like right. pretty tropey, but there's enough surprises because it comes from a culture that has its own tropes right. of and storytelling. So in, in different ways. Yeah. So you see, I mean, the I had to not, I had to stop watching Maiden Abyss after a bit because I just like the way that it treats its underage female mm. characters, especially, just grosses <sighs> me out way too much. 
Um, and I read ahead and like even watched like a an essay from like a an anime YouTuber mm-hmm. who was like, "Listen, if the stuff bothers you, it doesn't get better. It's, this is gonna be it. Yeah, this, yeah. And, yeah. And like, to I be don't clear. I'm not. This is not me like hand waving and being like, and it's yeah. all good. Yeah, uh. yeah. No, but like the stuff that worked about Made in Abyss was that it approached like stock fantasy stuff from a completely like perpendicular angle that I had right. never seen before right. that I was super interested in. Like these are mainly children that go into this like uh, fantasy cave to get resources mm. and it affects their bodies in really extreme and interesting ways. And then it's really gross about them. But of course. Yeah, I wish that I got all that stuff without the gross stuff. Yeah. Fair. But it seems like most fantasy anime, it does give me like fantasy tropes in like Western style, I've just seen them a million times. Like Lord of the Rings has made it impossible to do anything like original with fantasy anymore. Is everything is already is in, in conversation with Lord of the Rings. Right. And my thing about Lord of the Rings is that I read those books and a lot of it is just descriptions of maps. And I'm not about that life. Damn, you don't love maps like that. <laughs> I you don't, don't have the map in your soul. Only if I'm making the map. I see. That's you yeah. know? Draw like maps. Uh, I, I love strategy games because I'm making the map. Yes. Yeah. That map is my story. Hell yeah. We'll talk about strategy games in literally like one three second. minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to shout out uh, the the bridge I was trying to build or, or that I am building is to a game I just want to shout out that I'm only going to do a quick shout out to because it's I just want to put it on people's radars. It's called Gordian Quest, which I think is a bad name. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. No offense to the Gordian Knot. No offense to to <laughs> Alexander the Great. Um, you know what? No beef with Alexander the Great. You know what? A little bit of beef with <laughs> Alexander the Great. You know? I'll just you know. Uh, Rob Rob shrugged. Wait, Rob, what is your Alexander the Great take? I mean, his dad left him a hell of an empire. <laughs> Damn. Get him. Wow. Get him wow. He ran that thing to the edge Woo. of the map. He did. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. But no, he just, he, he, he took the sports car out for a drive and drove the wheels off it. Yeah. But he didn't build it. I loved so much that you were here. Yeah. Just everything about you, Zach. <laughs> <You're so great. laughs> uh, Gordian Quest is going into early access later this month. Um, they sent, Kato, uh an email that was like, what are they? What was what their it, comparison? What Slay, the was, Spire Slay the Spire meets, meets Dark Souls, which is not a good description no, for what this is. I've that's not played it for four hours. Immediately, my brain is just shut off. Yes, <laughs> yeah. It's more. It's Slay the Spire meets Darkest Dungeon. Okay, is what it is. Okay, now I'm now more you're, interested. Now you're back in, uh, and I would say an attempt to capture that sort of generic anime fantasy style that we talked about a moment ago. Oh, um, yeah. Which is why I bring it up. I don't know that mm-hmm. it works as well in Gordian Quest. It's like it's like a it's like a well-made game. It's like boy, all those drawings are complete drawings. Those right. are characters. Like there's a, a nice color palette at work here. Mm-hmm. But mostly and this is a game that I've now put 4 hours into. I meant to put like an hour into. <laughs> I like, okay. couldn't stop playing it. I don't know that it's it's not Slay the Spire and it's not Darkest Dungeon. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it feels like a blend of those things, it's a very soft blend of those things. It's a very soft game in comparison in terms of like... Yeah, Darkest Dungeon is all about... Uh, you're, it's miserable. It's pushing I love your face it. in the dirt. Yes, and yeah. this is not that. This is like... This feels built to make me feel strong. Like this is the very like power fantasy I mean, card game. You base so basically you get a part... It's a, it's a... You have three characters in your party. You're doing the Darkest Dungeon style like dungeon crawl um except it's like really easy to go back to base and heal mm. and continue like it doesn't have any of that pressure mm-hmm. but then you get into fights and you're basically playing slay the spire style card game fights um with 
things like your equipment gives you different cards in your deck. You have skill sets that you do just level up on a big skill tree. Mm-hmm. There was a point in this game where I, I like was filling up one of the characters like level up trees pretty well, and then I was like, "Hey, do you want to attach another sphere grid to this grid?" And I was like, "Oh shit! Oh yes, my God. I do. I do uh-huh. want to start building Multiple this out." Multiple sphere, yep. sphere grids. Yeah, basically is what? what it was doing. I imprinted okay. very early on the Final Fantasy X uh-huh. level up like yes. sphere grid thing. I I think it's a messy game. Like I don't know that it. I don't know that the design. I think that, like, one of the things that makes Slay the Spire work is you have to build a build, mm-hmm. um, and that's the way you, it works. Yeah. In this, I'm definitely making very bad decisions about what cards are going in my deck as I level mm-hmm. up, and some of that you can change just by changing gear, but some of it's permanent. Some of it's like, no, I just have this thing yeah. until I get an upgrade that lets me pull it out of my fucking deck. Yeah. It's like, well, I thought I was doing a poison build, but I'm actually doing a different type of build for this thief character. Yeah. Fuck. Um, but it's just so, like... It feels like it's smoothing my brain out, yes. which I mean in both a positive and a negative way. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Oh, I got all these wrinkles in here. I got to get those out. Who needs yeah. them? Let me just rip. Okay, just, they're gone. It's, it's himbo juice. Yeah, I love it. Please <laughs> fill me up with this. Um, I need to be thinking less. And so that is Shadow Sigourney and Quest. It'll be out later this month. Nice. Uh, I, this like is not a final moron. review. This is very much preview content. Stick yeah. to the embargo. Like a moron, I absolutely am going to be watching the Super Tuesday results. Oh, so same. this feels like a very good thing to have on mm-hmm. the side it really, while it, I'm it, stress yes. eating my vegan nachos. There you go. Yes. Absolutely. Finally, we can come to talk about what Rob is here for. Yes. Rob, you gave me, you told me two different strategy games that I'd only heard from one other person before, which is Cameron Kunzelman, who had been championing them to me via DM for a long time. What do you want? To, what do you want to tackle first here? I'm really curious which which is taking your fancy. Uh, yeah, let's talk about Death Crown. Death Crown, dope Death. name. Everyone needs to play Death Crown. Death Everyone Crown. needs to play Death Crown. That's an uh, intense thing to say. Talk to me about Death Crown. Wow, this looks it's dope. an intense game. I forgot which yeah. one of these it was. This is yeah. Yeah, actually, uh-huh. everyone should pull up a screenshot of Death Crown. Okay, Death Crown is this like whips. monochromatic. Yeah, like, yeah. there's Wh- black and there's white. And everything is just like, like shading. All of that is just done with pixels that are one or the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, death comes for a king, and the king through foul magics. I uh, hope you hear the K. Yeah, I did. Uh, I heard that. it. Thank you. Uh-huh. Uh, through foul magics, denies death her due, oh, and escapes, and death has to pursue him and restore the natural order and take away his powers and destroy the things that uh, were turned against her. And that unfolds via a very fast-paced, very stripped-down RTS where you go into a battle and it's a bit like, um, you you know, you've got your little, your little castle of death and then there's the king's castle. It's a hex grid map. And you basically there's three buildings you can you can build. You can build a mine which produces income, but each mine you build produces less and less income. Uh, then you can build towers which shoot enemies, and you can build graveyards which produce troops. Your oh, enemies good. also That's what confirm your uh, death. Your death. Yeah. You are not the corrupt evil corrupt magic using wow. king. Wait, this is no. an art. This game is. An- I'm this looking at images. So this is an cool. RTS. This is an RTS. Uh, this is an RTS. Yes. It, it don't don't let the hexes fool you. That's just about like pathing and like territory control. Mm. But the huh. entire thing plays out uh, dynamically. So 
as you uh, so mines don't project control, but graveyards and towers do. So each time you build one of those, the next uh, all the adjacent hexes to it become available for building. Interesting. And huh. so you want to think about like what opens up opportunities for expansion, what is going to close off choke points, and what is the way that you want to start smashing down the enemy defenses. And basically it's about like watching this geography change over the course of the game and figuring out like where to sell off your towers and put new ones up, where to convert things into graveyards. And it's, it's dead simple, but it is so completely compelling. Uh, you, you can finish the campaign in like an hour, uh, but it is, a perfect hour. Like it's in terms of like perfect, uh, like bite-sized games. This is probably in that Adam zombie smasher territory Ooh, for me. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of like the pinnacle of the like quick session game for mm-hmm. me. Shout outs, by the way, this just looks- generally to Blendo games and everything in the extended Adam zombie smasher universe. Um, this looks dope. What's yeah. this? What's the sound like? What's, what is it musically? Or is it musically? No, it is. It is. It is musically. Uh, no, it's TikTok now. <laughs> it's is this TikTok? <laughs> there's kind of a it's kind of a gothic uh, metal quality to the entire thing. Uh, is is the way I put it? Like the music isn't okay, yeah. super forward, but like when it announces itself, it really announces itself. Sure, this looks cool as hell. This does look cool as hell. That's on itch and Steam, I'm guessing. Yeah, it's ten it on bucks Steam, on ten bucks on itch and Steam. I just looked it up. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, because I'm absolutely going to 100 percent buy this. Yeah, this looks great. This looks it has such a distinct look. Yeah, this reminds me of a thing that I'm playing and I keep forgetting to <laughs> shout out real quick that I've been playing for a couple of weeks now, uh, called uh, Worlds of Horror. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's in early access, too, right now, right? Y- yes. Yeah, I, I believe I, it's still early access. It's been in early access for a while. I played it when I first started at Kotaku. With, uh, there's a video of me and Chris Person, uh, Kotaku, the highlight real man, right. who uh, of course, shout played out to Chris. a... Shout out to Chris. We played a very, very early version of it. It's changed quite a bit. I think it started Steam early access recently, which okay. is why yeah. they sent out like codes that again. Like, they did Literally, like, Patricia Hernandez DM'd it to me one day wow. and was like, you should check this out. And I did. And then I made that video. And the, the developer is very sweet person who just <laughs> loves Junji Ito. I was going to say, this yeah. is like heavy Junji Ito vibes. Yeah. yeah it's, uh, he's done a really good job of taking the sort of main strains, uh, like threads of narrative that Ito uh you know, weaves through all of his things. You know, a lot of the characters you can play as are his his stock main yeah, characters, yeah. like plucky high school girl, yep. or you know, salary man who's not paying enough attention, mm-hmm. or uh, teenage guy who's just like incredibly listless. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> uh, and it's like it's basically it, the reason you say it's similar is it has a very similar one bit style, yeah, it's like a white one and black. bit style. I think it's um, very hard to get that style right, and yes. uh, I feel like Death Crumb is the only other game I've seen that gets that style correct, like uses the shading techniques in the right, right. way. Yeah. You know, it, it feels very true to life of, like, I could put this on a floppy disk. Mm-hmm. Um, and World of Horror is, is a roguelike? What's the, what's the, I, I've heard right, it described it's, weird ways. I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's just that I'm missing something or if I don't actually understand what the roguelite part of it is, mm-hmm. other than the fact that when you run into, like, 
monsters in this game. Uh, sometimes you don't know, like sometimes hitting them with the baseball bat you happened to pick up earlier uh, in your run isn't the thing that's going to kill them. Yeah, oh, uh, and it's, so it's it's like that. It's almost wait, kind but of, it is run based or no? Yeah, yeah, kind of. Like, okay. but they're it's also basically a new eldritch mystery every single time yeah, you start a I game. See. Okay, well that's so, like, like you have your if you like go you you have your like house and in one of the rooms you have like one of those like uh, red string. Situations and I love them. Connecting, They're so good. Uh, <laughs> My favorite post rock band. <laughs> the red string situation. situation. Uh, well, yeah, to the one red of those like suit apparatus. <laughs> there's like a bunch of different, seemingly disparate mysteries happening in the town, and so you can go investigate each one of them. But each time you do that, even if it's like the same core mystery, it, different encounters might happen whenever you do another run, and different, uh, you know horrific entities that show up will have different solutions. Some of them you are just kind of bashing with whatever weapon you happened to find. Uh, some of them require a weird uh, specific um, what's it called? Uh, sequence of uh, bows and claps to like pray them away. And um, That's really cool. Yeah. The part of, part of it too is that it's all um, what's, what am I trying to say? It's basically it, it, it sets itself it sets itself up as if it's a like late eighties, early nineties, like computer game in all of its UI decisions, but also the UI will deteriorate in different ways as you get like deeper into the game. Um, it's like, like it, the, the point being that if you're the one playing it, it's like the game is leaking out into quote unquote real space which is interesting too because the there's like a a funny setting in um uh in the game because it like wants to be pixel perfect but usually your resolution on your screen is going to be much bigger than what those actual pixels are so it gives you a frame and there's also an option to zoom out all the way and make it actually pixel perfect oh, and interesting you're sitting in front of uh uh, like grayscale computer that looks like an old, like you know those yeah, old Macs, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, with like a window in the corner where you can see like a street lamp. Uh, but so it's just That's neat. yeah, it's, it's really, really cool. it's got a lot of style and it's um yeah, it's a real labor of love from this one developer. Yeah, and apparently it's been going on for how long now? For at least three years. Yeah, it's Damn. just been him, and he's finally gotten like a lot of attention. I feel like from from like a mainstream press, yeah, and yeah. he's been able to show it at conferences and stuff. So he's more recently been able to do a lot more polished work on it. But this is something that he's been, you know, really been trying. Like it, it was really just sort of like a weird experiment, and it it took off and like hit. He's like a nice guy from Poland, basically. <laughs> Uh, like an art student from Poland, Hell as far yeah. as I can tell, and he's just made this work over a period of years. When I started playing, it was a much smaller, more contained thing. It was mm -hmm. more clearly an experiment, right. and also much more. It gave you the sort of the numbers on the how these dice rolls worked more visibly. Mm -hmm. It seems like from the way you're describing it, a lot of things are a lot more obscured now. Yeah, like totally. you have to go in there and fight, figure out everything for yourself. Yeah, so far it's been. Um... It, yeah, that's what the 
that's how the runs kind of come up is that like each time you like go back in you might learn something new about a certain encounter Interesting. but you're not necessarily going to be able to beat it the first time round especially if you you know yeah you've never run into it before at all yeah um the last build i played did definitely emphasize the sort of like repetitive nature of like there's so many things happening in this town that it's going to take more than one person exploring these things to figure out the full mystery and you might be able to solve a case without learning half of the things that happen mm, in it right yeah Totally. Cool. I'm excited. To, I, that is like on my list of things to check out. I'm, I'm debating whether or not I want to wait until it's out of early until access. It's like, uh, yeah. uh, apparently, at this point, it it seems like he's described it as essentially feature complete and what's being added is more mysteries. So it's more about right. breadth at this point. Sure. And, but like the game's structure is in Just, if you're that's interested cool. in checking it out. That's cool. And as far as like a one person project goes, the writing in this game I think is also really good. Yeah. Like it's just taking everything from all your favorite horror right. movies. Right. Like a horror movie, like a specific brand of horror movie, the kind that just like gets under your skin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love its style. It looks really great. It looks really cool. Uh, Rob, there's another game. There's another two games you mentioned. Uh, the second one is funny. We were talking about New Grounds before. Whenever I see this, the second game, Circle, what's it called? Circle Empires. I always think, yeah. I, and I, I, this is this comparison is not the pejorative that it might sound like. It always makes me think of New Grounds, like strategy games that I played 15 years ago. But instead of being a thing I play for free and then move on with my life and the developer drifts out of consciousness and doesn't get paid for their work, uh, it seems like it has like a somewhat, you know, maybe maybe a cult following, but still like an actual, it's found an audience. I think there's a sequel coming soon. Tell me about Circle Empires. Yes, yeah, so Circle Empires is um, a really stripped down RTS. Like it is trying to get the appeal and the fun and the experience of playing an RTS down to like really basic elements. Mm. And it's called circle empires because basically it takes place in the, this world where your starting location is a little disc of land, a mountaintop and it has four paths off of it to other circles. And the entire map is, is laid out this way in sort of a, um, you know, it almost looks like a a, a twister mat in, in mm. some ways, right? <laughs> like it's got that sort of uh, grid of circles. And each one of these circles has resources on it. So like once you expand onto another circle, you get more resources. Uh, you can like, you know, each, they keep producing new resources, but at a certain rate. So you definitely like, you can, I think over extract from a plat from from a circle hence you need to spread out so that you continue right. to uh your your rate continues to expand while you field larger armies um and the the map as a whole some of these circles are populated by like enemies that are like you like basically other players they're they're controlled by ai right now there's a multiplayer version of this coming currently in beta um and then there are some that are just uh controlled by kind of disposable mobs that you just need to build a large enough army sure. to go crush and take the resources and then there are like legendary monsters on the map uh, which are controlling circles, and it takes like a huge effort to go bring those guys down. 
the other catch is once you decide to initiate combat, like once you go across the little drawbridge from one circle to the next, uh, all the towers on the two connecting circles open fire at each other. Mm. So your defenses that you build for turtling still play That's a role cool. in offensive attacks. Yeah. And where it starts to get really nifty uh, is that you got some, you, you, you know, you have your standard like RTS fantasy armies, right? Little sword dudes, little archers, uh, knights, etc. cetera, uh, that, you know, more advanced troops require more of the gold resource and less of just the food and the wood resource. Um, but where it gets really cool is that you can always kind of see what's adjacent to your circles. You know, there's not really like, there's sort of a very crude fog of war. Like you can see what's next to you, but not what not, not what is beyond that. And so you can see like buildups happening on your border really, really oh, clearly. So can the enemy. And so there can be really cool situations where it's like, I've been preparing to attack this circle of theirs. Cause there's like a gold resource on it that I really, really want. But while I was building up to do that, the AI just moved their entire army to a place where I'd left my defenses really soft because there's nothing there. And now it's like, do I forge ahead with my attack and just trade space with them? Or do I try and like rush my army back across all my little mm. circles to this vulnerable location? Uh, and so it, it gets at a lot of like the essential, the essential dilemmas of a base building RTS about like when to expand, where to expand, uh, how to like boom your economy, how to turtle up. It, it gets at all of that, but in this really sparse form where there's not a lot of uh, micromanagement to it. There's not a lot of detailed like consideration of un unit stats that you need to be worrying about. It's very much kind of like what you see is what you get. Right. Uh, and it's more about making these broader decisions that determines whether or not you're going to win. And it really does work, right? Like it, you know, I was talking to Cam the other day and I, you know, the, the thing it reminded me a lot of is like Warcraft two. Mm. It reminds, you know, it reminds me a lot of RTS games back when they were newer, but also like necessarily cruder. Sure. And in some ways there was like, I, in, in, there, there was, there was a style to that. There was an appeal. Mm -hmm. There was like a, there's a degree to which we might think of those things as elemental when in fact they're elemental now because they, they are the things that put the standards in place. Um, but, but when I look at this game, that is still like how it feels or it's like, oh yeah, like here is a melee unit. Here is a ranged unit. Here is a choke point. Like here's a way in which I'm, I'm trying to build my economy in certain ways very focused. I, I, I talked about, I talked about Grand Blue versus being very similar in the sense of like, Hey, here are special moves. Here is what a combo looks like. Here's like very fundamental stuff. Here's an entry point to think about these, the, like at the, the abstract concerns of genre of a genre without necessarily falling into the, the kind of uh, layer after layer of differentiation. Um, it's such an interesting thing that I think we've seen a lot of genre kind of niche genre games recently um in the sense that like hey the mass market does not have space for 30 different rts's right now that are going to try that are going to hit the numbers that warcraft 2 or starcraft did right or even 
the Command and Conquer games or even the God, the Total Annihilation games. You know, there was an era where like there were a billion RTS yeah. games um, and the, it, there are not enough people who like those games anymore to support that many. Um, and I wonder I wonder how much that's a, that's part of why we see the sort of what I think colloquially we often call like the minimalist take mm. on subgenre, you know, um, interesting though. Well, and I, and I think the minimalist take was always sort of underexplored, right? Right. Sure. Like a game I will always bring up at the drop of a dime is like Kohan, which was right. an RTS where you didn't even control individual units. You just connected units to hero units and that set, then set things like formations and rules of engagement. Mm-hmm. And it was, again, very much like what you were managing at any time was like four cities and like five armies. That's not that's not very much. It's right. it's just making the correct decision. It's not making lots of decisions. Mm-hmm. And that was always generally rejected, I feel like, by your you know, your mainstream RTS audience. But that era was the who, era of maximalism, right? It wasn't like yeah. across games. I don't just mean in RTSs. I just mean like when I was at Walmart looking for looking at the back of big PC game boxes, yes. it was like this one has more shit in it. Look, there's 120 different units in this one. Every There are 30 different... I remember... You know? I remember, like, my friends and I uh, having really heated debates about, like, what was the RTS du jour. And those of us who were in the Total Annihilation camp were very much like, are you... Are you kidding me? Your, your game has a unit population cap of, like... A hundred per size. Look at Total Annihilation. Look at this bounty of of mechs and robots. And robots. There are so many. God. Yeah. So it's just naturally a better game. And uh, <laughs> I I think you know time has. Well, first of all, Subcom was still good. Like the uh-huh. maximalism gave us some good things. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think in general. RTSs maybe kind of kept pushing in a direction that left a lot of people behind because it turns out they didn't want a much more complicated or fussy red alert. They just wanted to watch the big tanks with the two guns shoot at each other. Right. Which, which is a joy. Like I, I, I mean, that was part of the thing about maximal. I think part of the thing that was so interesting about that era was you just take a game like total annihilation and I have not played total annihilation in 20 years when did it come out like i played a lot of it the year it came out and i've never touched it since um yeah so let me pause on any sort of critical take about the game's design or something like that but so much of its appeal was like with supreme commander yo yo look at all this shit that's moving around on my screen look at how big (laughs) this is it's like the dynasty warriors 2 like wow factor and yet at the same time when you talk to people in those spaces and the RTS space, there was a sort of reserved and refined quality to the discourse. Do you know what I mean? I mean, not refined in an actual sense, but there was a playing at uh, uh, being cultured. There was a like, unlike these plebes, I am playing a, I am a strategist. You know, I'm not, I'm not performing headshots. I'm commanding an army. Uh, I'm I'm operating. I'm playing 4D chess over here while you were mastering the rocket jump, right? <laughs> um, and and yet the appeal was very sensuous. The appeal was, yo, I got 200 mechs. 
Yo, I'm coming for your ass. And that is... Attack, click. Yeah, attack, oh. click, go. Um, so, yeah, I think that's, that was always an interesting element of... of that thing, and I don't. I, I kind of don't mind. I wouldn't have, in retrospect, I mind it less if we're honest about the fact that when I look at Supreme Commander video, I could just be like, "Yo, look at all those orange squares moving around really fast," you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a lot of them. Uh, do you have anything else to say here about? Sur- there is a sequel coming, right? Or a a something Circle Empires Rivals like, Rivals it's the multiplayer version oh sure 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 I mean that's the other interesting thing here is you now described two strategy games Circle Empires and uh, Death Crown. Crown Death Crown Death Crown uh, that are both Death single Crown. player RTSs right yeah hey it turns out when you're not trying to make the next big multiplayer hit the genre can do different things. Yeah. When you're not, when you're not, when you're designing asynchronous or uh, asymmetrically, like truly asymmetrically, not just, not just, um, uh, hey, you have different units and maybe some unique abilities, but like when the core concept of interaction is is distinct, um, you can you have a kind of a broader palette, uh, and uh, when you you don't have to balance things as much, right? You can just make fun games. <laughs> Let's make, let's make fun games. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, that sounds that nice. Sounds nice. That's yeah. nice. Death Crown, that sounds nice. Oh, that sounds I nice. love crowns and I love death. Yeah, totally. I crave both. Please. <laughs> and that's why you should vote for me for Death God. For King of Death. <gasps> God, King of Can Death. Can I just say real quick also? Yeah. I, um, I got into Corruption 2029 mm-hmm. and got out of Corruption yeah. 2029. Wow. A rapid pace. What was it that got you into it? And again, you never played Mutant Year Zero. Mutant Year Zero, guys. Hey. Oh, did you play Mutant? Did you end up playing Mutant? Yeah, I okay, did. Okay, yeah, I liked yeah. it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I was like, cool. I am here for whatever they do next. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was like, what if exactly that? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But way less interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, with way less variety, too. It just, it felt, I don't know. It, it, it felt like everything had been reskinned like sci-fi military. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for some reason, that reskinning really hit hard. Like suddenly I was way less compelled by like. And now I was frustrated by the fact all my sniper rifles were single shot. Whereas before I was like, oh, my little yeah. my little duck guy, you know, he Found doesn't have. Fu- yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this he's motherfucker. Got, he's got a blowgun. Yeah. He's a duck. He's trying his best. Gun. Uh, you know what it feels like yeah. to me? Do y'all ever go, you ever look at like concept art on an art station? Mm-hmm. Uh, you ever get yeah. that bit where you're like, you're like looking at a bunch of really dope stuff that's really, has like a lot of character and feels really unique. And then you see the artist got a job because then it immediately <laughs> becomes kind of gray and dismal and all the character gets sanded away because it's client work instead uh-huh. of personal work. Right. And the personal work yep. has this like verve and vigor and, and like the genuinely slap you in the face, wake up, art can be anything, even if it's just art about dudes with guns like <laughs> yo what if that gun had a statue on it damn okay let's go right. wild uh versus then they get in and it's very clear someone says like um ma'am can you can you remove the statue from the gun we just want the gun just the gun please, please. remove I, I understand you're trying to do something here with empire whatever please just the guns uh and that is the vibe and it sucks um and uh yeah so that is that is that is totally how corruption 2029 feels to me it's very funny because and it doesn't seem to have any arc 
I'm curious. Yeah. I... So I played the first third. I was Did like, you finish okay. that whole first set of missions? Yes. Okay, I was on the uh, last one is I was where like, I dropped. Yes, I was like, okay, if there's going to be a turn. This is there's right. going to be a turn right. around here. Yeah. And the campaign wraps. There's no turn. And then they're like, we have to go after that evil scientist who created the unprecedented weapon, a nuclear missile. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, do I? I don't think I'd like... The game hints at, oh, there's something going on that you don't know. Yeah. But it can't follow through on any of its theme. It can't follow through on anything. Like, yeah. the opening is like, your si- your your soldiers have been stripped of their humanity and turned into automata- uh, automatons that, like, serve your will, the, the will of these distant commanders. And it's like, no, they don't. They, t- they talk like normal dudes in, <laughs> in games. Like, they're... Like they sound, they sound just fine to me. They sound like video game characters. Is that, but and is that, but is that a condemnation of video game characters? <laughs> well, yeah. well, I, no, I mean, I know, I'm, 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 I'm pulling at your leg a little bit here. Yeah, I know, but it's like the, the I think the game wants to do that. I think the game wants to sort of wink at yeah. that, except then it just embraces it wholeheartedly. It like lampshades the generic quality of its character by being like, yeah, they call themselves units, you know, like video game Uh units. And then they're like, but no, seriously, they're units. And uh, this is a very serious, uh, like near future uh, tactical, tactical game that you're playing in which the polarization of America has gone too far. Right, like that is that is the like it is it is a second civil war game where it is very clear early on that they're coding like here's the conservative side and here's the progressive side or is it really or what's horseshoe Hmm? theory (laughs) have you heard those words like if this doesn't sum it up there's that mission no did you guys talk about the mission where you kill that cop no you can all right so there's a mission where it's like you have to kill this 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 guy was a sheriff before the Civil War, but now he's turned into like a regional warlord. But you know he was a corrupt sheriff even before then, so he was ready to go. Uh, he was just waiting for the turn to fascism, and it's like cool, all right, like yeah, I'm gonna kill this. You know, I'm I'm gonna kill this small town dictator, mm-hmm. uh, th- this corrupt lawman. Sure, that sounds good. Sign me up. And then the first thing, the first thing, as you approach the police station when this dude is holed up, you come across these old squad cars with dead cops, like, all around them. And the lady in your ear immediately says, these brave officers gave their lives, showing that they would not go along with what the sheriff was was doing. And I'm like, not all cops. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's. If there's if there's one thing we have seen, it's that when police officers express solidarity, it is definitely on the side of people. Uh, that is that is <laughs> that, that is, is when cops been. show up uh-huh. and unite. God, um, yeah, I I very much, I, you know, it definitely felt like a thing where we're like, what's a hot topic issue? What can we pull on here? Right. Um, and, and what it seemed like was, you know, American polarization. Just bring back my depressed duck. Bring back my depressed duck. <laughs> that duck's got depression and a blowgun and I am, I will, I will protect him at all costs. <laughs> I just, I'm sorry. I actually pulled up the ending of this game and I'm not going to talk about it, but I, there is a character who says like, don't you watch sci-fi movies? <laughs> Which is very wow. Knows anyway. 
Hmm. Uh, you know, I'm still excited hmm. for Mutineer Zero Two or whatever, whatever the name of that Mutineer sequel. Mutineer One. Thank you. But are you as excited? Yeah. Bring back the <laughs> duck. Bring back my depressed duck. And we'll talk. His name was Duck, by the way. What about oh, that's really? Nice. I think so, wasn't it? Huh. It I don't ducks. know. I never played ducks. That game. It was ducks. UX. You're right. It was ducks. ducks. Yeah. Uh, you should play that game. That game is cool. Uh, yeah, I was like, I was having fun with with corruption. I was like, this seems. I like the mechanics here. Mechanics are fun. Even if the story and setting are pretty bland. Yeah. So I think I'll just go play that instead. Because fair. Ducks. <laughs> ducks. Tactical Muppets. That's, That's nice. right. Keenan, you got anything going on you want to shout out here? So I've been playing uh, Fire Emblem Secret Fourth oh, House. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> um, it, is stra- it is the strategy corner. We're in right. it. Yeah. So, I mean, I actually have two things. Ashen Wolves? Uh, Ashen Wolves, number one. Yeah. I talked about this with Kato uh-huh. Uh-huh. recently. Mm-hmm. Is uh, So, the way that the, the naming convention for the house is Golden Deer. That's a color, That's specifically. A color. Yeah. Blue Lines. That is a color. Yeah. Uh, the Black, Black Eagles. Eagles, also a color. Not the color they wear, which is kind of like... That's weird. Yeah. yeah. But, but it is a color. Yeah. Specifically, these are colors, not descriptions of what colors could be like or adjectives that you could apply to colors. I see what you're saying. Uh, Ashen Wolves, their color is gray. They wear gray uniforms. Why do you think they're not called the Gray Wolves? <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> That's very funny. <laughs> you think Does that Nintendo was... not want to be uh, conflated with Erdogan in any I, uh, way? <laughs> I feel like that's, yeah, it's very funny. Uh, and fucked up. Yeah, I like legitimately want to know. What is it? What are they called in, in Japan? Are I they haven't called... seen. I haven't looked into this, hmm. unfortunately. But if anyone knows, if anyone, Tim Rogers, if you're listening to this, unlikely that you are. But if you could send me like a thousand words on the name of the, why they translated this this yeah. way, I feel like you've got the time. Thank you. Um, uh, it's good. It's good. But I Wait, think Rod. Uh, yes. When did Chapo abandon Grey Wolves? Sometime within the first year, because I feel like they realized okay. it was problematic at a level that they did not want to have to defend. Okay. Yeah. So Erdogan spiked it for everybody. Yeah, yeah. That motherfucker. Goddamn international fascism. <laughs> I know. Huh. Ruining really everything chill. for us. Much like the other three classes, the Japanese pronunciation of Ashen Wolves takes their names from German. Really? The Ashen oh. Wolves are roughly called Wolf Class. Wolf Which class. means wolf class. So it just means wolf class. Yeah. So they had to that, add a color for us. Where are you right. reading that? Be gray. Be gray. Wait, where, yeah. are you, where are you reading that? Because I am seeing something that says they're just called... Oh, I see it now. Yeah, you're right. Wolf class. Wolf, wolf class. class. Yeah, that whips. Wolf. Yeah, uh-huh, <laughs> that does whip. Uh-huh. <laughs> wait, so wait, what are the other ones called? Is it deer class? Probably, Eagle right? class and... Oh, fuck. I think it just sounds more like uh, Western prep schools when they add a color. Right, right. sure. You know? That makes sense. Um... Yeah. But, uh, Rob, we talked about this on Three Moves Ahead, the sort of disconnect between three houses' uh, 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 strategy stuff, which is like, okay, sometimes really good, but sometimes not that good at all. Sometimes mm-hmm. you like, really feel the random number generation in a way that feels cheap and unsatisfying. And the plot stuff, the writing in three houses, which is really good. And this is absolutely the most those two things have been divided. Mm. So this fuck <laughs> yeah it's, that's a shame because I would I would have thought having because it's it's not that long is my understanding no but they want to make didn't they, why didn't they just put the good levels in it <laughs> <laughs> 
they have so much control over what they you have. They have so many good ideas okay. for levels, but they want to make it really hard. Mm. And the version of really hard that Fire Emblem does, even on normal, is throw more guys, yeah, throw at, more you guys at you and introduce time limits. So I'm stuck on this level right now mm-hmm. where there's two sort of those big monster guys and they're deliberately made to be so powerful that you can't fight them. If you lose any unit, even in a uh, casual, you lose the level and you have to get to a certain place by certain time limits. And it's becoming not fun hard. It's becoming yeah. more of like, how can I cheese this to do the thing that I want the game wants me to do? Because otherwise... I'm just going to be stuck here. Yeah. And, and like the problem, additionally, if I had my leveled up guys. That's what I say. You just pull it. This is all standalone this stuff. This is all standalone. And yeah, they they started level 20. Some of my characters are level, are level 30 now, which sure. is great. But you, I don't have all of my gear. Yeah. I don't have. My Scythia isn't here to just like just bop them. some motherfuckers. Yeah. yeah. I want to finish it because the new classes are really interesting, especially. Ooh, what are the new classes? I, okay. didn't, I, did, I missed that there were new classes. So there is a, uh, a dark rider who is a Ooh. flying uh, dark magic class. Rider. Rider. I thought Rider also. Not, not a, not, I was, not a dark we, I was like, we both oh. got, we th- we just showed our whole ass, around, <laughs> both of us. We were like, ah, oh, this is the person I am. Uh, Let yes. the world know. The red podcasters have logged <laughs> off. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, there's a dark Rider, uh, really very powerful glass cannon, but being able to fly in and out of areas gives you more utility with that kind of character. Right. Mm. There is a Valkyrie, which is another magic user on a horse again dark magic um not as powerful as the dark knight but has some uh is very very useful against other mounted units um and there's a trickster which is i one of my favorite unit i think it's the one class that i want the most which is a unit who uh is a good healer but also natively a good sword user Mm, Hmm. which you can give a lot of healing units uh weapons but they're not very good at them Mm -hmm. this one um the healer he's also it's yuri the the bishonen guy yes uh he's also just like he'll he'll fuck someone up with the sword it's great love it and then the last one it just makes uh uh punching things with your fists it just makes it like useful <laughs> basically oh no way really you didn't think that was that useful in the main game i never used those characters Raphael fucking yeah whipped for me man i made him a fortress knight okay sure yeah sure. hilda was my fortress knight yeah I, the, I had her we've got to do we've got to do these motherfuckers don't know what javelins of light are Hell. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Oh, come on! Anyway, it's fine. We'll, just, we'll, we'll, we have to explain. We, no, we have to show it to them when it's time. We have to finish this so that we can do. Okay, okay. A spoiler cast. Yeah, it's it's like I really want to know a bit more about the story, also, which is why it's so frustrating mm-hmm. that these the fights aren't as good. It's reminding me a little bit of the level design from what was the harder version of the the mediocre modern era game that we don't talk about. Wait, the what? Game? You know the one the... that had um, the the Eastern fantasy oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the and Western that one fantasy. Was Fates is the name Fates. of the big one? Yeah, then... where it's just like incesty in a way that's very deeply <sighs> uncomfortable. Yeah, Fire Emblem they Fates. Had the petting game. Yeah. The petting game wasn't wrong that with, bad. There's nothing wrong. But it was just <laughs> right. mostly it's fucking solidarity on no, the petting. Wasn't that bad. is not it's the problem. It's just that they're all related Conquest. to you. Conquest. Yes. Is the... I was just saying that's what people remember. I feel like. Yeah. True. Was the petting game not in the previous one? I guess not. No. No. The petting mm. game and then the the children from the future in a very tacked on way that doesn't make any sense plot wise. Oh right, because that's not a time travelly game. Yeah. Compared, or maybe it, I guess maybe it was. I didn't get that far into it. it doesn't matter. Wait, really, did the it's not awakening thing again? Good. But. 
Yeah, yeah because they thought that the that same. was the thing that people really liked from Awakening. Uh-huh. But what people like from Awakening is like the relationships were well written and, and they the mattered. characters were dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah and the characters totally. were nice. They didn't. Totally. Children from the Future was like a fun bonus. Yeah. Um, it feels a lot like the artificial hardness in Fates that made Fates so unfun to play. Yes. Where it's just like more guys, just more, more guys, up, yeah. just sending more guys, and I. I can get through these fights through brute force, but nothing gives me the other strategy game I'm playing right now is I started up playing Stellaris. And, you know, Hell yeah. Again. And like that one is a, that's a game we where- We will have a lot to talk about with Stellaris shortly each in a few months or a few weeks. One more, each new turn presents a new series of problems that I just get like ASMR brain trying to resolve. In this, it feels like each new turn I want. I get closer to flushing my switch down a toilet. Oh, don't do that. Don't do that. Please I'm not going to do that. Not in March. Animal Crossing is yeah, very soon. specific reasons not to do yeah. that. But mm-hmm. you know, like it's it's frustrating that mechanics wise, Fire Emblem hasn't figured out how to make things more challenging or more tangled and not just more populous. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, Gita, I'm curious, like. Do you think that's in that design at this point? Like when I was playing the first, when I was playing the core game, I was like, to me, this feels like it would be a good tactics game. They just didn't design enemies and encounters to like show off that tactics game. But now they they had a year to sort of ruminate on that and and think about, uh, they've had a a great deal of time to sort of create new combat scenarios and sort of reimagine what combat looks like in this game. Do you think a good tactics game is under the surface here? Do you think it lives within this Fire Emblem, or do you think this is it? I think that if they think more about class harmony as opposed to uh, like synergy from like uh, reclassing a particular character, that then you we will understand that there is a way to use uh, to use individual classes in concert with each other to create like a broader, like more impactful. Uh, uh, fight against the other units on the screen. Right. I think the biggest problem with Fire Emblem is that each individual unit does not actually work in harmony with other enemies. Well, they can be any unit, right? Yeah. I mean, this is part of like the double the double bind of leaning towards customization yeah. compared to past entries in the series. Um, specifically, like, really past entries. Like, when I started playing Fire Emblem, it was the first one that came to the States, which I forget the I forget what the, the Japanese name of the game was. It was the one that came mm-hmm. to the GBA as just Fire Emblem. Yeah. Like, that is not a game about customizing characters. That is not a game about... I mean, you have characters who can class up and take on different, like, uh, secondary class or, or, you know, prestige class type things. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're not, like, doing the thing of, like, how do I want to build this character out? And yeah. that is 100% where the game has gone, which yeah. meant that at the time... Which is kind of what I had hoped was going to be true for for this DLC was like at the time they had a pretty good idea of what you could have available to you at every level and could mm-hmm. build really tight, complex like strategy puzzles for you. That that first Fire Emblem that I played felt like it's not the first Fire Emblem to be clear. It's the first one that came out in the states. Uh, felt very puzzly to me. It felt yeah. very much like how do I achieve a solution state? Um, now it might be different depending on who I bring into a battle. Or maybe if I have more range units. Or more importantly, it might require me to bring in certain uh, configurations of, of what my team looked like. Um, but like that was definitely a much a much different game, and a tenser game. I think they've dialed that intensity that that intensity down and that that tension down with it. Not only through the particular things like the separating out like normal and hardcore mode and stuff like that, yeah. but just in terms of just hey, I'm going to, uh, my Hilda is going to be a fortress knight. Your Hilda is going to be. Some, I know she was. Uh, oh, she was a wyvern rider. A wyvern rider, yeah. exactly. She ripped at that. Totally. Yeah. But but like okay, well then also 
you have to then build levels designed to just be tackled by your grab bag of whatever you got with you. Yeah. You could beat Fire Home Three Houses with a crew full of mages, like 100%. Yeah. You could figure it out. You, you know what I mean? You could force it. I mean, you could, the thing is, this is a game you could probably beat with just Byleth also, because yeah. that's the other thing the game has done, is it's increasingly built towards hero characters yeah. in a way that, like, your main character was mm-hmm. never a thing before. There was a main, there was clearly a protagonist inside of the story that was being told, and those units were always really fucking good, but the the like mo- the move towards since awakening, you're a, a character on the battlefield, and also your dope as shit yeah. has in, has actually fucked with the difficulty in such a way that you end up almost always having some sort of really powerful ability. I'm not mm. even talking about like divine pulse in in three houses. I'm just talking about raw, you could turn into a dragon in fates. You could turn into a dragon in fates. This yeah. is true. Um, and so I yeah. feel like the you know you there is a way to think about the combat in this game in terms of like okay but there's a finite le- number of classes yeah and you can nudge players towards certain builds totally. of teams in a way which that is the what game, it does do there are soft pushes and pressures and limits those and, pushes could be harder though you yeah, know I feel totally. like the game needs to make a more decisive but, stand on being like a good strategy though, game like, if it wants to be a good strategy but game. also I how much uh, how much more would I like that game if how much more versus less? Would I, how would I feel about that game if Ignatz couldn't have been this weird multi-class character for me yeah. who I took down like the assassin path and also the dark mage path both and blended good. those. They're both cool and like and mm. like let that boy cook. Like let him learn whatever he wants <laughs> to learn. Um, he's trying to understand him, his place in the world. And so that it, that ended up being – that ended up adding sort of attachment value to me with those characters yeah. even though I think the world in which he's just an archer – is probably a better balanced, more interesting tactics game because they've built levels around knowing I have an archer in my party and that it's this character who has this like percentage of stat growth and likely isn't within this realm of blah 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 blah. Yeah. But this is why I thought I thought this DLC would give me a taste of that old Fire Emblem because nah. they would know that shit. Nah. Oh well. No, I mean they they even give you like a specific like a set of cast of characters yeah. who are are have are classed in specific ways when you get to the level but it, it really doesn't take advantage of the sort of closed like set that it has it just does more guys at you and it it is becomes incredibly boring like i yeah. was having a lot of fun up until this particular fight that i got to where you have to um you've got these you know the, the javelins of light homies yeah um the guys the the big uh-huh. robots mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. And they are too powerful to fight, so you just have to run from them. And then there's bandits, you know, red enemies and yellow enemies. So there's two rounds of enemies. And uh, you have to just, you know, you get, you have to also get to an end point by a particular, after, by 10 turns. Okay. And so I, I've done this now. Uh, Use the Divine Pulse up until, you know, all I exhausted it, got game over now three times, and I've only made it to, to the uh, the first sort of checkpoint in that get here before 10 turns because after that checkpoint, more enemies arrive, mm-hmm. like a ton more, and it's like I've used all my vulnerabilities. I have exhausted, you know, I don't have any moves less than the Sword of Creator. I can't do anything. I just have to run. I just have to run really quickly and hope no one dies because if any one character dies, it's game over. <laughs> it just feels like it just feels like I've never liked this game, you know? Yeah. When you get there. And that's where you just see like this is the ultimate limitation of this version of Fire Emblem. Yeah. And if they want this to not be anything more than baby's first tactics game, then they have to rethink 
the level of customization here. What if they don't want it? What if they don't want? Maybe it's fine for that. Like, maybe long to long term, does that lose you? Is my question. Long term, so I think it loses unless, Rob. I mean, yeah, Rob's out. I, I absolutely. But what if the characters continue to be dope? The characters continue to be dope. I'll put up with a lot, but I yeah. it needs to be an easy game. Then. At that point, like at right. that point, like it needs to just be an easy game. It needs to be what Pokemon well, is. faster. Those battles can't yeah. take that long, and the game yeah. can't be seventy hours. Yeah, or like whatever, it, right? I, I when I think about it in terms of how I feel like everyone really should think about Pokemon, which I know this is a controversial statement, but <laughs> Pokemon is designed to be baby's first Japanese RPG. Yeah. It is designed to be that way, which is why it's uh, silly and the mechanics are not very deep. And uh, it's you're gonna get fucking letters. I yeah. know all, all them, all them hardcore players who are gonna. I mean, the thing, the thing. I, Pokemon gets deep if you look into it, but yes. like, uh, there's that one really good video of this like anime black that's on on YouTube where it's like uh, the the fight. He's representing the two halves of the mm-hmm. Pokemon fandom. And he's like, one guy's like, you know, they took out the national decks and you, you got to catch them all. And the other guy, the other version of himself is like, to be honest, I was going to catch 20 of them shits and yep. then call it a day. Yep. <laughs> you know? that, is, that is the truth for me, 100%. Yeah, I feel like most people, other than the hardcore Pokemon stands, like they do approach Pokemon that way because it's designed to well, be like your child's first Japanese RPG. <laughs> the actual thing there that I think you're actually kind of hitting at is yeah. Fire Emblem doesn't do what Pokemon does, yeah. which is... That it hasn't leaned into that idea. Well, it hasn't. It hasn't cut. It hasn't been able to split the difference because someone who wants to take Pokemon super seriously and stay up on the meta and play online and play competitively, mm-hmm. that that game exists for them. Yeah, they can go beyond. Like, if I bought the Pokemon most- or if I picked up my Switch and started playing Pokemon and played through the story mode, I would never be challenged in in a way that made me think extremely hard about the deep underlying mechanics of Pokemon and the ways that different abilities interact and the timing of certain things and EV values, shit like that. Mm-hmm. I think EV values is uh, repetitive. Yeah, values, V's values, right? Values. EVs, EVs and IVs yeah. and all that yeah, yeah. shit. Um, but if you are that person, and, and in that way, it is totally, hey, if you have a, a 10-year-old who wants to play a JRPG for the first time, perfect game. Yes. Yeah. But if you are 22 and are like looking for a hardcore competitive JRPG, which yeah. is not a genre that exists very much. Sword and Shield made a huge effort in the post game to cater to you. Exactly. And like in general, that game exi- it has that, can fulfill that need. Whereas Fire Emblem doesn't have anything that actually creates that style of deep, deep, deep tactical play. Yeah. Um, I still fundamentally think that it's a game that pleases me deeply. Like yeah. I liked. Mm. Uh, and I think part of this ends up being about builds and about where I spent my time and stuff yeah. like that. But by that, that end game, when I talk about Lysithia before, I think that's some of the, like, the tricks I was playing with teleportation magic and stuff like that felt really good, even if I could have just like brute forced my way through a lot of those fights by the end. Yeah. It was like, how do I maximize my, my effort here? So I, I was still I still felt that like that scratch that like, oh wow, yeah, nice. Yeah. But it is a completely different thing than thinking about what I got from those earlier Fire Emblem games, which was how do I solve this tactical puzzle? I always feel like I'm a step behind. I'm trying mm-hmm. to keep up with the game. Yep. And it doesn't do that at all. It doesn't have that yeah. degree of that, that style of uh, competitive right. Pokemon. Like You're absolutely right about the class depth. thing because I was just thinking, you know, the only way I could think of doing this is if they had these side missions like the ones they already have in the game, but you're required to bring certain classes to them. Yeah. And then at that point, I was like, well, why didn't they do that for this, this DLC? And I was yeah. like, I missed off opportunity because especially because these characters are just like hot topic goss and it's great yeah constance <laughs> uh the catherine the one with the the little curl drill hair oh sure uh so her whole thing is that she's incredibly haughty and talks like uh 
a, a like a like a fedora wearing edge lord. Wow! In, wow! In underneath, like she just says all the longest versions of the words that you could say. <laughs> uh, like she's got a thesaurus like downloaded into her brain. It's very um, good. And she's like that in the the underworld. There's a secret house. There's a secret society literally underneath Garrick Mock where mm-hmm. the underclass lives. Like all the people that have been you know couldn't survive because they've didn't done so many crimes or whatever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> What are the characters? So like what of the Breakfast Club radicalized? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, okay. yeah. The the big brawler character who doesn't wear a shirt is literally like, I got into too many fights and now I have to live here because if I step my foot one foot outside, people would want to kill me. It's rad. Um, so C- Catherine's whole thing though is that. In the shadows, she's incredibly haughty and confident. But as soon as she goes into sunlight, she becomes incredibly meek. And it's the cutest thing in the whole world. That's very, that's very funny. <laughs> yeah. I just with great spend characters, time with her. again. Yeah. And yet, Shit. oh well. And yet, yeah. I want the classes, though, because I can see in my regular playthroughs, which I'm going to start uh, a, an Edelgard run, I okay. think. I started my Black Eagles run with Gyleth, and I was like, now that I've been away from the game for so long, no. I'm like, I don't want to be Gyleth. No, don't be Gyleth. I want to be gay with Edelgard. You know what? You deserve it. I do I'm gonna deserve say it. it. Thank you, you deserve it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and other than that, I mean, Stellaris is like the opposite of that. I'm not playing oh, yeah. with really any expansions, just okay. the updates. Base, yeah, where it's at right now. But just where it's still, at right which now. Which is still is... a better place than it was for a long time. God, they finally figured out the middle and end game in ways that make sense mm-hmm. to me, where I, I know exactly what I have to do yeah. now in those phases. I haven't played since like the time where you hit the mid game and you're like, okay, Bruh. we're going to spend like four to five hours just waiting for resources to build up. Just like hitting up. the fast forward button and yep. just waiting. Just like, just to make a sandwich, man. Yeah, like, totally. Yeah. totally. Now you got stuff to keep track of. I hit the middle section and I had a vassal and I, yeah, I was deciding because I had two, I was losing space yep. to other people. I had to add them into my society yep, and then hey, I had a whole bunch of factions start co- up. And that costs influence and that yep. costs time and yep. like I was set else. back economically yep. for some time. But you get that space and yep. you can actually start ordering their shit around and actually yep. improving what they're Military, which meant mm-hmm. I was able to defend their space mm-hmm. better, and it, they were. I was like, I was playing as fascists. I was like, the only way that I ever play this game is by being nice to everyone. For I once, want, you're going to be terrible. I'm going to be terrible, and they're not even that bad. They just threaten a lot of people. They haven't actually gone to war yet. Um, <laughs> they're just really, really powerful, and like are very economically powerful, and have stockpiled a lot of money and like a huge army, um, and. It's it's fun, but you know, like the the slug people who I vassalized and then made part of my empire. I love. I didn't go to war with anyone. Wait, but but they they literally. I was just building a good trade relationship with them, oh, but they asked eventually. to be my vassal because everyone Hawaii, else Hawaii on all here. sides was trying to take over their uh-huh. territory, and I was militarily strong I while see. they were weak. And they're like, "Yo, help, please." Yeah. And I was like, "Yeah, sure, I want that shit. Give me your shit." And I, like it was rocked. It oh. rocked for a minute once I got my economy back up. Um, but yeah, like they, because they have joined now, they're, they're not full citizens because again, I'm playing is terribly, they don't Mm -hmm. have full rights, (laughs) but they have most of the rights, uh, I'm, they have most rights, but not Never all of mind. them. Never mind, it's Puerto Rico, not Hawaii. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> it is Puerto Rico, not Hawaii. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. Um, but they ha- do influence the factions, and so the the drumbeat of victory faction was the strongest faction Which for a long time. Which your militarism faction? Yeah, they yeah. were doing. They were loving it. They I were bet. loving you everything got I was a huge doing. Fleet. Yeah, I had a huge fleet. Wasn't you got a even vassal. Getting into wars, but was leaving the option for war open. Open. You go whenever you want. Yeah. yeah. 
I had rivals and stuff. Soon as my slug friends joined my society proper, the uh, alien friendship society shot to the top of the I list. Bet. Yeah, so I, like all these new aliens showed up, and they're like, "Hey, uh, you know, what would be real cool would be uh, if we were friends to aliens." <laughs> we were nice. Um. <laughs> we were just. It was a planet. It was a society full of little geetas. Yeah, hundred percent. Hello, why don't we be nice? <laughs> why don't we be nice this time? Let's try being nice. And now you have to try to keep everybody happy. Yeah. Now I have to. That now is... it's end game time now for sure. So yeah, we will talk a lot more about. I think in a few weeks because the Federation's updates I'm coming. I'm really excited. Which is like the promise of that is to add even more in that mid mid late game stuff and more factionalist. Like yeah. not the sort of factions you're talking about, which are like interior factions, but mm-hmm. ex- external, like uh, increasing the degree of diplomacy yeah. and, and the mechanics for that Similar stuff. movement, uh, like narrative and mechanics wise as the most recent Dwarf Fortress update, weirdly, oh, which right. has added villains and plots. Ooh. So huh. now villains can come to your, your fortress. I played a little bit of this. I got to the point where now you can also make uh, guild halls for uh, workers nice. can form guilds. I have a farmer's guild because there's enough farmers that live in my fortress that they, they request a space where they can have demonstrations to teach other farmers different skills or just sort of shoot the shit or whatever. And yeah, now you have to build guild halls for, for your workers, which I think is a very cool addition. But awesome. the, the villains and plots thing is also like... People can come to your fortress and have their own motivations, like embezzle money from you and stuff like that. <laughs> Perfect. Can't wait. <laughs> Love for that to happen. Love to have a dwarf uh, criminal embezzle money from me. Dwarf my criminal is my favorite stoner metal band. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> uh, I think that's going to do it for us, unless, unless there's any other shout outs. Anyone else want to give? No? Okay. I'm going to wrap it up. It's already been a long one. I feel like this is our first five-star runtime in a minute. Yeah, actually, damn. I mean, we haven't been we haven't been we haven't had a runtime like this. Okay, but hold on. So the reason I had to take like three hours to finish up that Total War campaign uh-huh. is because it came down. So I was ta- I was Tao Chan, uh-huh. and it came down between me and Cao Cao. Okay, okay I know that and one. Uh, the the heirs to uh, to uh, Liu Bei. Sure, Where's Liu and Liu the thing Liu was the mistake I'd made. Dead. and This was. By now, this Nada. this was Go this ahead. is the mistake yeah. I made. <laughs> I I fought a war with with Lady Wu. Oh, and Lady Wu, I, I was winning that war. Okay, I was winning that war. Uh huh. And then she was like, "Hey, not only should we make a peace deal, I will become your vassal." Oh, and I was damn. like, "Cool, let's do it." This is the reverse, and that story. vassalage lasted for like ten years. While together, we went on a tear. Oh, okay. But like within my empire. Lady Wu's territories, because she was conquering alongside me, it was like there was a donut and the hole was Lady Wu. Mm. And so Zhao Zhao supported Lady oh. Wu's independence at the very moment the heart of my your... final alliance broke apart Amazing. with a Shu Han. Okay. And so in the course of like, I was cruising to the end game and in an instant, my largest vassal had gone to war with me. I was at war with Zhao Zhao, and I was at war with Shu Han and all their allies, who I'd been at peace with for, like, the entire game. And the only way out was to win, like, a series of multiple army full-stack battles. It was grueling and intense, <laughs> but, like, it was incredible. Uh, and it like consumed my life for a few weeks. Wow, it was great. Well, but then it wrapped up in that hotel room and, uh, in uh, in New York. Wow. Via streaming, Nvidia. 
the shout outs to streaming video games from across the globe. The future. It's the future. Uh, congrats. Did you see the newest Romance of the Three Kingdoms just got like an English patch and is on Steam now? Hmm. And I cannot help but believe this because they saw Total War Three Kingdoms doing well and they're like, fuck it. People want one of these. Yeah. Um, I. They did a really good edition with Nobunaga's Ambition, too. They did. They did do that. Yes. Like, that was a good game, but then they didn't do it for the next Romance of the Three Kingdoms after that, and now they're doing it again. So, but I've heard this one is not good. I don't know. I haven't haven't followed this one. I'm, they are so deep in the parts of the Romance. At this point, if I was going to play a Three Kingdoms game, it would be Total War, because that's the one I've started to play and haven't put enough time into. Mm. I don't want to, like, start playing a new uh, Romance of the Three Kingdoms from. I should ask Chef Lubu. If if there was, I mean, the the thing really to me is if I was going to play a new Romance of the Three Kingdoms game at this point, meaning the Koei franchise Romance of the Three Kingdoms, it would need to be more like 7, 8, or 10, which had a version of the game, and I've talked about this before, where instead of playing as a ruler, you were playing as an officer who could also be, have people under you who you commanded, but you didn't have to be like, it, it was differentiated from the kind of Total War style, Civ style, you were the ruler of a, of a kingdom mm-hmm. uh, or a civilization. And in 7, 8, and 10, you were allowed to play as, I mean, you could also play as a ruler, but I really loved the fantasy of like, being someone's, you know, like top lieutenant or being the like scheming bureaucrat. Wait, what type of game is the Koi ones? They're strategy they're games. Also, they're all, okay, they're all strategy yeah, yeah. games, but in 7, 8, and 10, and 10 especially, they took on increasingly uh, like RPG elements. 10 especially, like you could just be a person going on quests in that huh. game, making a name for yourself, which allows you to kind of have the part of the romance of the Three Kingdoms, like uh, mythic fantasy of being one of these back. Like the Guan Yu game would be such a different thing than the Cao Cao game. And traditionally, these right. games are Cao Cao games. These are games about being a conquering ruler. But in 7, 8, and 10, they were the sort of games where you could be the, the officer who jumped ship and who, or who was recruited by an enemy or who recruited an enemy you know, vassal to, to your lord's side or who spent all of your time like – building a wall, like just repairing the walls of a town or, <laughs> you know, stuff like like seeking out a legendary horse. And that stuff for my RPG narrative, you know, mind really filled in the gap mm-hmm. and made that that sort of like that time period uh, come alive in a way because you could see it from the ground level or from the top. And you would, I, you know, you would often in my playthroughs go between those. In some ways it was more of a Crusader Kings game. Like if, if that's what it sounds like I'm describing, that is like how it felt because mm-hmm. you also had the sort of like events. And I, the, unfortunately there's a lot of stuff that only existed in the Japanese PC build of Romance of the Three Kingdoms 10. I think maybe there was an expansion on like consoles, but the, there was like a power up pack that let you get married and have kids and like have a generational play. And, mm-hmm. you know, but, but even in the version that did come to the States for the PS2, that's a game where, you know, you end up having character events where you're having people over for dinner and you know you you do your your you know your peach garden style uh oath of brotherhood and all of those events happen in that game if, if you're listening or like in the three kingdoms mindset right now and have a ps2 or some way to play ps2 games let me recommend <laughs> romance of the three kingdoms 10 as a really good like way to play from the ground level of that setting instead of playing from the very very top um but but yeah, I, you know, I, frankly, just the fact that that game that that the new Romance of the Three Kingdoms is out on PC in English, it feels good as a long term fan of that game. Which mm-hmm. is like, yes, good. Please, Koei, please remind <laughs> remind people that you do more than just the Dynasty Warriors games. Also, I'm mad at the Dynasty Warriors. Uh, did you see the the anniversary? One of the part of the anniversary event. <laughs> 
is the Legend of the Galactic Heroes. I think you're mad at the actual Dynasty Warriors. I'm mad at the Dynasty Warriors. The specific, the ones. The dy- I am mad at Lu Bay. Um, the Dynasty Warriors Legend of Galactic Heroes crossover. Did you see that, Rob? What? Oh, that did not make me happy at all. Me either. I think that they're bad. I think that they're not good. Dyn- uh, Dynasty Warriors 9, which is for my money, my least favorite Dynasty Warriors ever made which I know for people who are like chuckling about how they're all bad doesn't mean anything, but some of them are good. Uh, many Damn. of them are good. You heard it, here you heard it yeah. fucking here first because no one's ever said it out loud before except me. <laughs> uh, they look terrible. I don't like the characters that they picked for them. I mean, I get why Reinhardt becomes, why you do Cao Cao as Reinhardt. I get that, uh, but he looks like trash. He looks bad. And then all of the associate characters... Like, they just, it's not the right vibe. They made some bad decisions about, like, adapting the iconic look of the Dynasty Warriors to the iconic looks of the Legends of Galactic Heroes. They also seem to be more inspired by the Legend of Galactic Heroes remake Remake, than OG. Which already has blander Uh, designs. And I think the other thing right now, like, looking at those characters is very much like, no, this is like a minor league baseball team decided to oh. do Legend of Galactic Heroes cosplay. Yeah. This is not the <laughs> Dynasty Warriors. Yes. This is this is like the this is Bull Durham decided to like get into uh into Legend of Galactic Heroes. Yeah. Rude. Yeah. I yeah, it's it's not the decisions I would have made and I'll leave it at that. <laughs> <sighs> I'm going to move on before I say, I was going to, I was like going to go deeper into it. I'm not going to because no one gives a fuck. (laughs) No one cares. Uh, Anyway, I think that that's it. I think we have, I mean, we could go forever. I know, but we're going to wrap this up. Thank you for listening to us. Uh, The next time you hear us, it'll be after Super Tuesday. So Uh, everything could have changed by now. Yeah, we could all be different. I mean, no, they're hearing this before Super Tuesday. Good luck with your Super Tuesday if you're listening. Uh, and, And have high hopes. Don't say that again. <laughs> don't, don't bring that energy to us. <laughs> we suddenly felt so tired. I'm exhausted. Just drained. <laughs> uh, as always, you can send questions. We we got some questions in, but but I think we're just save, we should save them up for a big question bucket podcast. I'm so excited for for maybe next week. We should do one. That's what I'm going to put that energy out in the air. Uh, you can send those into gaming at vice.com. As always, shout out to Bowen for letting us use the track Miss You off the EP Pale Machine. Find out more about that at waypoint.zone slash B-O-E-N. Um, where can people find you on the internet, Kita? At XOXO Gossip Kita. I am on both Instagram and Twitter. I think we're my most... Uh, most apps. That's where you're the most apt. That's where the most yeah, That's where apps. you're apt up. That's where... <laughs> Yeah, that's where I'm apt Let's up. Let's get apt up. I'm just going to take a nap. Bye-bye. I'm, I'm Tim Cook comes up. out up on stage at the next Apple uh, <laughs> keynote. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Hey. We're getting ready to get apt up. Apt up. <laughs> uh, Rob Zachney, where are you apt up on the internet? Where do you keep your apps at? We've made uh, an all-new steel I keep them on my desktop for the where apps. they <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Rob. One more time. Kato is doing a British... Technology. Doing a bad Johnny. Oh, Ives. That was Johnny. Yeah, Johnny Ives. Yeah. Okay. At Rob Zachney on Twitter. There you go. Kato, how about you? He's doing a hand gesture. <laughs> no, no. I'm, I'm, I was trying to bring a it back. underscore Kato underscore Piers. Yeah, that one. 
Furtado. Uh, as always, you can find me on Twitter at Austin underscore Walker. You find follow Waypoint, twitter.com slash Waypoint, Waypoint.vice.com. Or a million. You can download the Waypoint app. You can't. There's no Waypoint app. Well, you can go on a phone. You can go to the website and then do the thing where you like put this on my home screen. That's What's our icon if you do that? What's that look like? Is it a W or is it the diamond? I don't know. Find out. I don't think it is any. I don't think it would be any more. Damn, true. Right? Owned. You would just be the Vice logo, right? Yeah, right. That seems likely. Yeah. Well, regardless, thank you for following us and listening to us as always. I hope everyone has a great week. Uh, and as you go into the... Sorry, I just got, an, I just uh-huh. got a text from my bank. <laughs> Why are they texting you? I don't know. He should not be talking to you like that. They said, hi, Austin, which it, is scary. That's really <laughs> scary. It's Actually, all caps. Just it's so you know, it's, that's what makes it the most scary. This seems like a scam to me. Yeah. I'm going to put this down from not my bank. No. Hashtag not my bank, <laughs> uh, which is the hashtag that you should use when you tell the world, fuck capitalism. Goodbye. <laughs> that's how it goes, right? Goodbye. <laughs> I can't go home. Man, because you I'm see too this con- piece? What? What's the piece? Uh, the Intercept has a story about how Bernie Sanders back in 2000 passed a bill uh, eliminating the rights of pharma companies to profiteer on like new drugs that are like urgently needed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Biden worked with the GOP to kill it. There it is. Wow. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh. Uh-huh. Head of the article Fuck. is how the Senate paved the way for coronavirus profiteering. Cool. There's that, Love and then it. there's that big quote about Warren that just came out from uh, uh, someone that knew her when, at, when she was a professor at Harvard. I, I heard that just, piece there, that quote. What was that? Just like saying she was a hardcore Reaganite, and she said that national health care was one of the stupidest ideas ever. <laughs> like, I only know her as someone who is a craven person out for their own success, and I can't imagine her any other way. Essentially, it's like, I'm paraphrasing. That seems like bullshit. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I mean, I mean, the the problem is she has a she has a record. She went through a like she went through a transformation. Like I think it's, this campaign has the only dimmed thing, my yeah. Go ahead. No, I mean, I'm just like this campaign has dimmed my enthusiasm for Warren a great deal. But like the notion that she's like crypto Republican seems like complete fucking bullshit. I think it's a I think it's a bad I think it's a bad front to fight on. Mostly, yeah. even if it's even if someone believes it, because. Part of the message is bringing people is is the true belief that we can open the people's eyes, and I think that you end up seeding a lot of that possibility space when you go after someone for that reason for that they changed they learned and changed their minds. Whereas I can happily go after I can happily cr- critique Warren on policy differences. I can happily critique Warren on the the ways in which she's handled uh, her understanding of race and mm-hmm. has specifically kind of stepped all over what it means to be uh, – or, or stepped all over Native American communities by cons- con- uh, by having a specific history of claiming to be a woman of color yeah. and to of being uh, of Native American descent. Um, um, I guess the only thing is like the – the she can have a, had a change in her beliefs but the methodologies between her campaign and how she's running it and how she's gaming the numbers uh, reminds me too much of how <laughs> – 
the GOP thinks about doesn't thinks about electability in terms of how can we use math to get ourselves in in more spaces and more you know and more yeah. Senate seats, more House of Representative seats, and that is deeply frustrating. Like just the way that she is now clearly pivoting towards a broker convention where she wins despite get, not winning a single race. Think, well, the thing that's so frustrating for me with with her situation right now is if I were a Warren candidate or a Warren fan, a Warren voter, it would be because I believed that she would be the most likely candidate to get progressive policies passed, even if compromised, blah, blah, blah. When I talk to my friends who are still Warren voters, this is what they say to me. Hey, I agree with Bernie's platform. I just don't think he can get it through, which we we can get into – Questions about likelihoods and blah blah blah, but that's the thing a disagreement. That I understand. I, I I can conceptualize the agreement or the, the argument, even if I don't agree with it. Yeah. Um. Where what falls apart for me is at this point, how do you believe that Warren comes out of that convention, mm-hmm. the winner? Like maybe a VP choice, maybe, but Just, but I that is I... she's going to be minimized in a serious way, and her her policies will not get passed. If we go to a contested convention, she's, she's not going to come out the other side of that wielding power. It's yeah. going to come if, – if it goes down the, the terrible road that we can dream, the terrible worst version of this where it goes to a contested convention where Bernie maybe has 45 percent but Biden has 40 percent or something like that mm-hmm. and then Biden comes out the nominee – I don't think we. I don't think that we see any of the progressive agenda get passed outside of slight expansions to uh, the ACA, and you know, uh, theoretically, theoretically, some sort of immigration reform gets put on the docket again for the thirtieth time. It's just no one can explain What's up? to me. Why are you saying shit? Klobuchar looks like she's going to be out. Everyone who was a spoiler for Biden is dropping out. Uh huh. They all want everybody to vote for like. Klobuchar, I, I have been seeing a lot. Are we saying people. Klobuchar now? What is happening? <laughs> I don't Two know. people just said Klobuchar. It's because he said Klobuchar. <laughs> okay. I, am I wrong? I have no. No, no. Klobuchar. 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 I don't okay. Get, Amy. Like, I know. That's fine. Our good friend Amy. Yeah. Everyone who was a spoiler for Biden is dropping out now. Although I've been seeing a lot of Pete supporters online saying uh, I've been convinced by the Bernie I've camp. I've also seen that. Yes. Yeah. Which I'm, we might see a Can't different wait. She spread. dropped out. Bef- she suspended. Wow. Yeah, they're all, they all... Holy shit. This is about fucking Bernie. That's why Warren's not dropping out. This is all about fucking Bernie before Super Tuesday. Love to fucking suffer. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm, Bernie's gonna get California. He's gonna get Texas. He's gonna get all those, he's gonna get Massachusetts, which is gonna be very fucking embarrassing for Warren. And he's gonna get the vast majority of the Super Tuesday states. I, I have to feel hopeful and I have to feel like today, listen, I'm actually going to go phone bake for Bernie after work today. Like, I feel like this is like, you got to download the Burn app. You got to get out there. Like, if you have time before your own primary, like, do it. Like, feet mm-hmm. on the ground. You got to go. You got to talk to people one-on-one, person-to-person. Ask them what they really believe, what kind of America they actually believe in. Because if we're going to, we're watching the DNC trying to fuck this. And I, I hate it. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Yeah. Um, we should wrap this up so that I can go stress. And I got to eat. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, thank you all for joining us. This is post. Are we post? This is post. We already did that once. Yeah, I'm we I'm going to say it again. Fuck capitalism. Go home. Go fuck capitalism. Go vote for Bernie. <laughs> Please. <laughs> for real. Super Tuesday. This is it. And yeah. and yeah, also download the Burn app. See where you can help out if, if you're part of this campaign like we are. Um, I think, God, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, 
I'm going to use this platform one more. I'm going to for two more things. Uh-huh. Two two more things before we wrap up. One is I I do just want to voice this thing that I ended up writing over in the the fucking waypoint Discord um, because this is now where I put all of my my political long take thoughts um, because I, I'm I just need to think through the way well, this is stupid. I do the search for my own name in our discord thinking uh-huh. that I would find uh, the, this piece, this, this thought I had that I, I wrote. Uh, and instead what I found was all of me asking people for help for grand blue fantasy <laughs> and trying to understand it. Cause that's what I actually use that server for. Wow. Uh, here's the thing that I'm just going to read and I, I I'm reading it because it is, I, I hope that this turns some thoughts in our heads a little bit. A thing that I'm trying to work through right now is this contradiction, I guess. I wouldn't go so far as to say hypocrisy, but certainly a contradiction in how the current Warren base is conceptualizing how change occurs. Right now, there's this big recurring line from her camp. She is, she is elect, she's electable if you fucking vote for her. In my gut, I actually like this line because, uh, partly because I recognize the, that frustration as the frustration a lot of us felt in 2016 with Sanders, that he's electable if you fucking vote for him. Uh, and therefore, I see a lot of those people as kindred spirits just at a different point on the path that led us here. Uh, but I also like the, 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 the kind of core of she's electable if you fucking vote for her because it is at the heart of what a lot of our, our leftisms look like, which is there are no limits that we can uh, – on what we can achieve except for those placed on us through kind of uh, social stratification, through the current you know situation of material relations. But like fundamentally the impossible – isn't like the impossible isn't impossible. Mm-hmm. We can take the reins and, and make real change. And, and if we just fucking do the thing, we can do the thing. Uh, at the same time, though, the heart of the appeal for Warren, for so many of her 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 fans, is that she's she plays ball, that she compromises, that she understands what it means to be pragmatic. This is when they talk about you know uh, general electability, but also about whether or not she can get her plans are more realistic, right? The word you hear a lot is realistic. Yeah. Um, they believe that in a democracy, you can't just offer up the right or most moral answer to a problem; that you actually have to answer have an answer that people will people you don't agree with will accept and support which means delivering something less than perfect in in the service of the good. And those two positions are so obviously at ends with each other. The like, she can win if she's electable if you fucking vote for her versus, hey, compromise is necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, first, because like the idea that pragmatism and coalition building should happen after a contested election in which everything is uh, thrown out the window. Uh, now is not the time for coalition building. Now is not the time for pragmatism. Now is the time for like, for, you know, deeply impassioned vote for the candidate you believe in, not for the one who has your, who shares your, your priorities and is going, it has a chance at winning, vote your heart, you know, not the one who, who maybe could actually win this thing. Um, uh, uh, but second and more importantly, like, Medicare for all in its most radical form on the table right now, not its most radical form in general, but the the Bernie Sanders version of it uh, is electable if we fucking vote for it, right? Like the 100% college loan forgiveness is electable if we fucking vote for it. All of the things that that are targeted as being unrealistic are electable if we put in the work. And I mean this in a much more abstract sense or a more metaphorical sense, right? Which is like – you could try to say that those things aren't realistic because Congress – because it's impossible to pass them in Congress as Congress stands for – because of the kind of proceduralism as it stands right now, because of the filibuster, because of da 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 um, but, but if you extend the if you fucking vote for it ethos to include, hey, 
we if you fucking get involved at the local level, if yeah. you primary conservative Democrats who are in safe districts, if you support Democrats in purple districts and 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 turn those, if you do the organization locally, and if you support, you know, uh, if you contribute to efforts in swing states, like then we can do things that are so much beyond what we thought of as impossible ten years ago, twenty years ago. Um, the the the. There is at work something, and this is again the frustration I have with the, with with uh, kind of the state of the Warren campaign right now is that there is this divide between people or this this divide in ideology where you believe in something, you believe in a progressive platform, and you and you believe that you should achieve that through compromise and coalition, and yet now is not the time for those things because eventually. When if that candidate wins, they won't know how to compromise or build coalitions. Yeah. It's like this really twisted, broken logic that is so frustrating to me because I know these people. I I'm friends with. I go to I go to you know eat dinner with them sometimes. Like I I play video games with them. Like these are people who are close to me and who I know share a general vision for the future in this country. Uh, but who I I I guess my my final thought here on on all this is just that like this is the moment if you believe in your heart that you want to see the country pushed into a space where progressive agendas are being pursued and where the Democratic Party has to take seriously the progressive wing of that party, the left wing of that party. If you want to invest in, an, in the generational project that is reviving leftism in America, this is the moment to like make that happen mm -hmm. um, and to get on board. I, I you know... My hand is out to you. Like I, we talk shit when we talk shit. I'm critical of Warren for very specific reasons. Like I think that there is a lot of work to be done in terms of what happens next as more more people fall into the, the Sanders camp who have different interests than the kind of core. Um, and I think that that's a difficult project, but it's a project we want to do. Uh, and so I, if you're out there right now and you're like, hey, it's just not realistic, but you know, the alternative is that we get someone who is committed to the status quo in an unshakable and clear way, who has a voting history that proves it, who's who is not electable in the face of Trump, who does not have the groundswell of support. And here I'm talking about Biden. Uh, I'm not even going to talk about Bloomberg. And I think like this is it. So so this is my appeal to Warren to Warren fans out there. Like I, it is what it is. That is that is what I'm going to leave on the table. And uh, I hope as we go into Super Tuesday, you. you take that stuff in mind at least a little bit and as you enter the ballot boxes like you know vote your heart but but i hope that you you also vote i hope that your heart guides you let your heart um be your, your guiding key guiding key your, you your guiding key that's right. what sora would say yes, yes yes sora supports bernie sanders all your favorite yeah. anime characters support bernie sanders that's absolutely true. i've been on twitter <laughs> that's, that's, what it, that's what it looks like <laughs> yeah that's it. That's all I got. I had a second thing, but I forgot what it was, and that's probably better for us. Yeah, we keep <laughs> saying we're going to end. Fuck we capitalism. Keep talking. Go home. <laughs>
As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. I don't Goodbye. know why I'm cut this. Uh, I don't know either. It's fine. <laughs> you know, I think even Reinhardt would have supported Bernie Sanders. He would, he would have been like, there is someone who re- who understands there needs to be a fundamental transformation. To, yes, exactly. The status, the status quo the status is corrupt and has lost out. legitimacy. Yeah, yes, I'm exactly. thinking about even the wildest JRPG villains. 100%. Uh, the FF6 Kefka. Kefka. Loves Kefka the chaos. Loves the chaos. Loves the chaos of watching the DNC. Totally. But also, oh. but also yeah. Avalanche. Kirshais yep. would put it all on the oh, line. Oh, Kirshais would be... This is what I'm saying is how do you make Jihau Dune... Kirshais. This is not... That's the worst play that they... He's not pretty. <laughs> He's pretty cool, but he ain't pretty. <laughs> and those, mm, okay. okay. We gotta go. We, get, we gotta go. <laughs> it's gonna be another three hours. It's gonna bye, be another Rob. three hours. Bye, Rob. Thank you for joining us, everybody. Bye, bye, bye. I love this. What Start is recording. this? Yeah, yeah. you are. <laughs> yep. Hey, Rob. Hey. I just want to say, I love it. Hey, what's I up? Love, I, you know what? <laughs> I need to take a screenshot. I love this for you. Um, is this the monitor situation? He's nodding. Do you want to explain the monitor situation? Yeah, hold on. The Discord, it says Discord doesn't get anything from me. No? Do you hear me? We hear you. So Discord's getting something. Is Audacity or whatever you're recording with? Reaper? Yeah, everything's getting, yeah. It's just, uh, I guess Discord, I didn't say anything for a minute and Discord just panicked. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. You're a little yeah. How how does it look on your on your end as far as? It looks quiet, forms. but I just heard myself. I sounded okay. Yeah, can you just bring them up for us, maybe? Yeah, yeah. I can turn up the gain a little bit. No, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, you you love it. No, love I hate game. it. Oh, uh, let me just. Whoop. There we go. <laughs> wait, is your fucking wait? Do you have your? Do you have a? Uh huh. A a focus right on your couch next to you. Yes, I do. It's plugged into my <laughs> Corsair lapdog. I don't like that. Lap dog? What is this? What what is Rob doing? Yeah, hey Patrick. What the fuck? Welcome to welcome to this. You're just Ruffle. sipping a sipping yeah, a like, Guinness on like your couch. Is it Friday night? Nah, dog. It is not even noon on Monday. <laughs> I know Super Tuesday's tomorrow. Yeah. But Rob's got the setup ready to watch. Pre-gaming it. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> You install a new graphics card. Did you install the graphics card in you? <laughs> you know, in a way, it did kind of change my way of seeing things, mm. and I decided to loosen <laughs> yeah. things up today. Uh, I'm going to ask you one thing, Rob. Can you check your Discord output settings or input settings? Oh, yes, settings? I can. Just like I don't know. Can he, right. can, he, can he put his drink down long enough to sort through the settings? <laughs> I don't know that he has a place to put it down. I don't know. Where? No, there's a table. Look at that. There's a table there. Wait. Oh, no, that's no, the that's couch a, arm. That's, a, <laughs> that's the arm of the couch. I'm worried that Mike is going to fall Wait, over. Wait, is that not oh, a table? Oh, it's fine. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> okay, so yeah, what do you, what do you need? Like, Because it's, sh- it's showing it bouncing up and down when I talk. Yeah, so the one that says input, I, I think it says input. Is that one all the way up? Yeah. Okay, then you were fine.
The last time someone lounging can, on a couch you know like what? that said, I, what I do you need? I more, Kato. He was trying to sell me drugs. That's the joke. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, what oh, yeah, hold on, hold on, Kato. Uh, in all this, it changed my microphone levels in Windows properties. There you go. That's not good. Here we go. Hi. Hi. That sounds more normal. There we go. That does sound more normal. Just make sure you're not peeking in Reaper. Oh, I'm not. Don't even worry about it. Can you bring Rob down right. just a, a, yes. a hair there on yeah, our yeah. side? Thank yeah. you. Um, Wait, so this is how deal. you're talking into your mic now? Like five feet away from you? Yeah, That's this how you're dangerous? I don't like I, this. I don't love it on the arm. <laughs> I can get a little closer. Don't worry about it. Okay. No, I know. I know you're, 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 you're pre-gaming. I get it. <laughs> yeah. So here's the deal. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Uh, turns out my monitor... Actually, it's not even that my monitor is that far out out of date. It's just that I never bought a DisplayPort cable. I have every other kind of cable in the house. I do not have a DisplayPort cable. I have a DVI cable Uh that I've been using for my monitor for many years. I was unaware that that it was so out of date. That's that if you're you're the age of... 30 and up, that was the computers in your school were plugged in with those. Uh-huh. In your elementary school. <laughs> Damn, your, your elementary school had, had computers? Shit. Yeah. No, I, by, the time, by the time I was in junior high, we were good. We were good. <laughs> so the, the thing is, uh, so the new video card doesn't have a DVI port. Uh-huh. It has an adapter that it gives you. But the adapter was putting out in 1080. Uh-huh. And I had to force it to up res to uh, 1440 on my monitor. And it looked like shit. Uh, it was blurry. <laughs> and I can't abide that. Was it legible? Yeah, perfectly usable. Um, but that's not the life I live. I do native resolutions in this house. Um, <laughs> in this house. so I decided just to move God. my... I moved my flag to the couch. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing business on the TV. You deploy to the couch now. You've taken the, yes. the yeah the banner from your barracks and moved it right to the couch. <laughs> Precisely. <sighs> what do we? What? If only we could all be so luxurious in our casting. I'm not. Is oh, your check keyboard? This out. Just... I got accent pillows. Yeah. That's, wow. Yep. For your <laughs> arm to rest on. Uh, what were you gonna say? I, ex- I, f- ex- I expect that his feet are like in a pool of hot water too. And no, he's just... they're on tiny ottoman. Don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> it's nice. It's comfy. A tiny. How do I pre- like Patrick? I appreciate the concern. Um, yeah, everything you know, is squared away here. That's well. That's good. Is your keyboard just on your lap, or do you have something else going on there? Because it looks like no, no, no. There's a there's a little thing called a um called a lap dog. You can't keep saying this. Do you mean a lap board? It's a, it is a real product that serves a need. Look up lap dog Corsair. Is that just a dog? Uh, when I search for lap, lap dog, dog Corsair, in all caps, there's a Corsair page, and it says, "Meet lap dog. You'll want to sit down for this living room gaming." Living Rob. room. Gaming with That's, zero compromise. Doing it. Doing it. Oh, Jesus Christ. I don't know why I slipped into Fl- Funkmaster Flex. <laughs> well, because the word dog came up. That's why the lap dog pit bull is in the building. 
Oh my god. <laughs> All right, we should do a podcast. What are we doing? How are we cutting this up? I don't know. Let's figure this out right Let's, now, so that no one's in a conversation they don't want to be in. That's not like a. That's not like a judgmental <laughs> or like a. But in terms of <clears throat> Patrick, I you probably don't care about about me talking about a mobile game I got into or Rob talking about strategy games is my guess. Uh, I mean, yeah, sure. I could bounce on the second half if you want to put that into the second I half. I just don't know. I, I'm just trying to do the thing we said we were going to try to do, which was... Yeah, yeah. we, we can feel it out. We, like, I would say let's um, we'll hit a good stopping point and we'll see what's left. Let's, see, let's see where we're at when we're going to the break mm-hmm, and then yeah. we, can, mm-hmm. we can see how far it's gone from there. Um, That's fine. Do we want to uh, time that is? Yeah, and also, do yeah. we want to do we want to do a ten minute? Did Gita make a call about whether she was joining the show? She's joining. She's just on the way and was like half an hour out. So okay, we, oh, it was well, like, so maybe she'll join okay. in part two. Yeah, yeah. We'll tag. All right. Um, are we there? Are we ready? I'm asking. Are we? Are you, are you, I'm going to. I mean, do I not look ready? Thirty-seven. All right. Hi, Patrick. Bye, Patrick. <laughs> Hi, Rob. Now you're so large. <laughs> and look at, look oh, at the situation. Am I ever. That he is in right now. You look so, so chilled out right now. <laughs> you look like you're having the nicest time. It's this is how good, I'm trying Gita. to be all the lie. time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Goals, honestly. <laughs> Why can't I always be like arresting like some kind of, you know, wealthy baron on a <laughs> my arms with my arms out? Is it just because of my rotund form that I look like an old-timey baron? <laughs> I think it's just how chill you can be. No, I think it's the Is general Is there something about me that no. says yeah. that man needs a waistcoat and a pocket watch? A little bit, yeah. A little bit. It's, I think it's honestly the beard and the dimple. The two, the combination mm. of both. It definitely gives you a different vibe. Like, uh, you know, it's that and also, like, I know... You have the smartest dog in the world, and you're incredibly intelligent yourself. So I'm 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 ready for you to like take off I mean, your monocle and up, polish yes. it while you're explaining something to me. <laughs> so <sighs> I'm I'm gonna bring pince nezes back. Oh my god, those are so cool though. I don't know they how they are, work, but, but also I would go through pince nezes at like an astonishing rate. <laughs> yeah. What are those? Like, how do people not lose and destroy them? Like, look at what happens to sunglasses. They're, the pince nez was like sunglasses that you couldn't, like, wear. Yeah. No, they, it's like the AirPod of, of their time. <laughs> purely a fa- purely a, a marker of wealth, nothing else. Pince nezes are those ones that, that don't have ear loops. Uh, kind oh, of, uh, yeah, Morpheus just, glasses. Yeah, 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 yeah. Morpheus glasses. <laughs> <laughs> Morpheus glasses. Yeah, Morpheus glasses. <laughs> I completely forgot that Morpheus sung, Morpheus wears a pince nez. Yeah. It's because Lawrence oh, Fishburne is that badass. Yeah. He's he that pulls it fucking off. He fucking like pulls I've it never, off. Absolutely. Yeah. I love him. Oh, Whoever designed those, those glasses really deserves some credit then. Because those are the, that's the coolest look for pince nez in history. Uh, <laughs> true. It's because they're slightly purple toned. And like his whole look is slightly purple toned. That it really just like. Really. So I just. The. the the Matrix freaking rocks. I'm so yeah. psyched for The Matrix 4. Oh, I don't gotta, even care we, we if it's good or not. Movies. Yeah, I need I just, to rewatch the sequels to, and like pay attention this time. I liked the third movie. I liked Matrix Revolutions. That's I really I just uh, did not like Reloaded. I just could not. 
Yeah, Reloaded. Uh, so here's a funny uh, Matrix Reloaded related joke that my boyfriend keeps making, which is that he wants to go like to be like the twins for Halloween, but get a group of like 12 people to mm. all dress like that. Great. And all roll up to a party <laughs> with the white dreads. Wow. <laughs> like the whole white leather outfit. I really want that to happen for him. Um, also, yeah, I keep hearing that Revolutions is all right, but Reloaded is just like I've tried multiple times to watch that movie. It is a slog and it is boring and it asked me to care about a lot of things I don't care well, about at all. It feels so much like Matrix, self-contained story. Yeah. Matrix Reloaded is like, oh, shit, franchise? But no. here's why here's why the story is not over. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't really have much beyond that, right? They're like, Agent Smith, he's gone real bad. Worse than you remember. Yeah. Uh and then Revolution seems like an actual destination that they found by that yeah. point. Well, wasn't the whole thing with Reloaded that they expected you to engage with all of its cross media like yes. things, right? Yeah, that like a large portion is that of that when the they plot. rolled out the Animatrix? Yes. They had the Animatrix right before Reloaded, and then they also had that game that that would explain what happened to um, uh, what's uh, Jada Pinkett Smith and her crew, uh, right? Nairobi. <laughs> what was that? Uh. <laughs> Nairobi. Is that Niobe. Niobe. No, I was right. Niobe. Niobe. Okay, that's that's a, funny. That's a yeah. There was a video a game movie. where they expected you to like learn about, or was that the massively multiplayer? Is that the one game? where the Wachowskis show up and say that? The ending is bullshit. Is that the one where they, they sort of break the fourth wall at the end of the game, or is that a different game? Well, I, I think, think that, that might... one came out after all three were done. What was that one? What was that? Was that Into the Matrix? Enter the Matrix? They were really bad at naming these enter, games. Enter the Matrix. It was Enter might the Matrix. Might be Enter the Matrix. There was an MMO, enter the Matrix. for sure. Because Matrix Online was, yeah, 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 yeah. And then there was Path of Neo, which, which was a different thing. And Wait, that the Path of Neo the was the one. Yeah, that was the one where the Wachowskis showed up and they were like, okay, so we couldn't translate the philosophical conversation we were having in this movie to video games. So uh, just uh Video games need boss fights. Here you go. Yeah. 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 It is wild to watch that sequence ma- now when, you know, knowing that at the time they both identified as male and are presenting as male, but they choose avatars that are almost completely genderless to represent themselves, which is super interesting. Looking back on yeah. their like their first film that they did together also, you can see like just like hardcore egg mode. <laughs> like basically, the first movie they did is a crime drama about two lesbians. And guess what? Huh. They're two lesbians. Huh. You know? There you go. Uh yeah, sorry. The, apparently the Enter the Matrix was designed like the Animatrix to be an integral part of the Matrix milieu. Milieu. Which is I think what they called this like section of the Matrix, uh the second movie, the games. It had over an hour of filmed footage in it. God that damn. Took place during the time frame of the Matrix. Reloading. I remember hearing about this and just thinking like Ruby, my brother's not gonna let me borrow his PS2 to do to, to understand what happens in the Matrix <laughs> Reloaded. That's just not going to happen for me. So I guess I'll never know. Directed by the Wachowskis and starring a cast of the film's trilogy produced for the game. It, it was not critically well received. <laughs> I think that's how they got Jada Pinkett also cuz like she barely appears in Reloaded. Yeah. But no. they were like, "Okay, but you're going to your character plays a huge role in this, you know, cross-media stuff." Yeah. But people were really just about the movies. Absolutely. I think it's just what turned up. We're talking about The Matrix. 
Matrix is great. <laughs> True. Don't fucking sleep on it. <laughs> I gotta rewatch it. They're shooting the new one. I saw some some footage. Or not you, footage, but yeah. a sh- I saw. Uh, a yeah, it was like footage. somebody jumping, but, right? No, somebody like people on a like on a, a roof. No, people like dro- on a contraption uh-huh. that drove down the street while people were on it. Like, There's a, a deep s- healing energy of that picture of Carrie Ann Moss and Keanu Reeves yes. in the motorcycle. Yes, or it's just like yes, mom and dad. Time to pander again. to me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's them. <laughs> That's my cinematic parents. I'm Boomer now. Yeah, 100%. I mean, that is like the vibe for the past. All of the, like, seeing well, Public the, Enemy. The strokes are the Beatles Seeing now. the strokes. Yeah. Right, exactly. Uh, Bernie Sanders saying Soccer Mommy. Not that Soccer Mommy is a Boomer Bam. But, but, but you know, but like, just his, that energy. That energy. <laughs> understanding uh, that the strokes are the Beatles now is really just re, like, I, I understand my place in the universe I do too. more yeah. strongly I now. accept it, though. Yeah. I lean into it. I, I knew this was going to happen to me. I d- wasn't expecting the strokes to be our generation's Beatles, but when more think I think about be? it. Who's, who's your, who you... I thought it'd also, be something sh- much dumber that I liked a lot less. Well, hmm. Who, could it, who else could it be, though? I mean, there's I also like, like Kanye is also Day. the Beatles, right? Yeah, uh-huh. Kanye is also the Beatles. Green Day, like you said, yeah. <laughs> but Green Day is like just at the edge of our generation, right? He's right. like probably my older brother, right? Like was yeah. closer to the Beatles for him, right? Yeah, for sure. But for us, when I think about how much I can tell about a person based on uh, when they think the Strokes are getting bad or what their favorite Strokes album is, yeah, I feel like. Wait, what do you think? What is your favorite Strokes album? You know, right now I think it's Room on Fire. Room Fire is very good. Yeah, I used to be Is This It for the longest uh, time. Yeah, I was also Is This It forever, ever. But I listened to Room on Fire, and I was like, I, I didn't give back. this album a I chance when I first listened to it. Yeah, sure. And now I listen to it again, and it's got some truly, truly amazing songs Well, and then there. I just, like, honestly fell off after Room on Fire. I liked Room on Fire, but then I was like, I'm done because so, I'm busy doing other shit. Yeah, and they made two albums that sounded fundamentally the same, and you're like, you know, how many um, more are these people listening to this? Yeah, totally, which is unfair, maybe. They got better. They okay. started experimenting more with the guitar riffs and stuff okay. which, in a yeah. really technical, interesting way. And then Julian Casablancas got really into keyboards. Shout out to that guy. Yo. Nice shout out to Julian Casablancas. Yeah. Could have just been a guy who slept with all of the models from his dad's modeling agency. <laughs> decided to start a band instead. <laughs> so he had a different way to fuck models. Good. Wow. Yeah, you know what? Congrats. Congrats to that man. Again. Um, fuck. Uh, can we come back in? Are we ready to do a podcast? Yeah.